what it is, Duke City. Happy Taco Tuesday. You got a fistful of tacos? If you're watching on Facebook Live or YouTube Live, the man, the myth, the legend, GM of your favorite local sports bar, Howie Sports Page, joining us all day today. Luke, Mark with what it is, bruh. Oh, not much. How are you guys doing? <laughs> hello, hello. Yeah, we're doing good, my friend. Uh, you look good. You sound good. Well, thank you. Uh, I'm kind of jealous. I've been doing this for six years and counting, if you don't count cutting my teeth in high school and college. And you come in here and you do it better than me immediately. Like, you just... You got it in you, brother. Well, I do appreciate that. Working at the bar gives you a, a certain teller or a certain uh, gift for gab, I guess. Yes, sir. <laughs> on the other side of the glass, super producer Tyler Lovely on the ones and twos. How we doing, guys? Peachy, brother. Peachy, well, how you be? To finally meet you. Yeah, good to meet you, man. We exchanged, like, very masculine grunts in the hallway real quick. We're like, eh. Ooh. Like, eh. Yeah, I didn't, he didn't know exactly why I was at, I, while I was waiting, and I didn't know exactly who he was. So it was just that, Ugh. Yeah, he just did the grunt. <laughs> uh, uh, he, he, his was a better grunt, I'm not going to lie. If you're watching on the interwebs, you want to see Luke's beautiful face, we'll get that going in just a second. Having some Wi-Fi connectivity issues. Who would have guessed that I was a little technically deficient? Oh, man, you're preaching to the choir. I like legit. If I didn't put the Wi-Fi password into my computer and into my phone and set it, if I had to reset it every day, I'd be lost. Oh, for sure. I put it in like two years ago and haven't touched it since. You asked the Wi-Fi password. I was like, oh, wait, things don't just automatically work all the time? Oh, yeah, you have to put that in for the first time. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember I did that a long time ago. How was the weekend, Ty? It's been good, man. We didn't get a chance to talk yesterday because me and Fred were going at it so hard. That's right, that's right. It was a good weekend, though, man. I can't complain. I was in Trinidad, Colorado. Ooh. Trinidad. You ever been to Trinidad? Uh, yeah, I drove through it a lot. Yeah, a lot of, yeah. people do a lot of driving through, quote-unquote. Yeah, I kind of avoid that southern strip in Colorado. Mm. Nothing against the lovely people of southern Colorado, but uh, if I was going to design a set for uh, an apocalypse movie, it would be Pueblo, Colorado. The hills have eyes, kind of. <laughs> and then Trinidad the is just Diet Pueblo. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can see that. It's a beautiful country. I'm sure the loveliest people in the world. Uh, their pot laws kind of, you know, set a standard for us down here, down south. That they did. Their chili's garbage, but uh, they're, they're lovely people. It's they're, they're lovely people. Southern Colorado is great. It's no northern New Mexico. It's close, but it's no, it's no northern New Mexico. I'd oh, prefer, not I'd even close. My side, you know. Oh, no doubt that our side's better. Once you get south of Raton, oh, like yeah. it's uh, this is some quality land here. That's it. Quality people, quality land. Obviously, the chili's better. I spent I spent six hundred dollars in two days. Okay, well, let me guess on weed. Well, for the first three hundred, it's expensive <laughs> being outside of Albuquerque. I was going to say I thought the purpose of these trips was to make money. <laughs> Ideally, no, because when you're doing comedy, you'll do a fifty dollars show and you'll spend six hundred to get there. So. Oh yeah, I used to work the door for fans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's exactly. kind of the same deal. Exactly. Yeah, for seventy five bucks, the the amount of money I'll spend for seventy five dollars. I thought EBT worked anywhere in the United States. I don't believe so. <laughs> Did different, they? different accounts. Did I, I I use my COVID EBT in Hawaii. Is that true? Yeah, I bought groceries in Hawaii during COVID when I had those Biden bucks. I don't think it went as far there as it does here. Not even close. <laughs> <laughs> Not even close. 
Luke, my man, you caught up on the sports world? You ready to talk some sports and sports adjacent content? Always, always ready to talk sports. Always ready to talk sports adjacent. Always just ready to talk. So for the friends of the show, I mean, the OG friends of the show know who you are, know you represent my favorite place in Albuquerque, Howie Sports Page. Uh, you are a Cubs fan. I am a Cubs fan, yes. That You are a hardcore Cubs fan. You're willing to state that openly in public, which is very brave of you. It's getting easier now that it's been a while since they won. It's always easier to be a Cubs fan when they're terrible. Oh, yeah. It's just one of those things. Like, nobody hates Cubs fans. Sure. Like, when you're the lovable losers just, for 100 years. You just got to rub your head and like, oh, aren't you cute? Look like, at you, you know. little guy. What is it, 11 in the morning? You drunk already? You are, you little Cubs fan. Oh, look at you, you little hammered. It is a lifestyle. How many old how, how many old styles you got on your side? Who, how many old styles you got? 11? Old 11 already? only tastes good in the bleachers at Wrigley. It does not taste good anywhere else. Sure. Just at Wrigley. I mean, pictures of Bud Light taste special when you're at Howie's sports page. They definitely do. What do you got going on at Howie's uh, lately? Uh, this weekend, we had the trifecta for those in the service industry that know we had the full moon Cinco de Mayo on a Friday. So it just it's a convergence of just... <sighs> All the all the uh, the madness that you can handle, but it was a great weekend. And then the Kentucky Derby, we do a big party for that every year, so that was a blast. Nobody won any money. I don't think anybody saw that uh, eight horse creeping around and, and taking it all. No, when, how often does the the eight horse win? It's like one of the least likely. Yeah, I mean it was paying fifteen to one, and I mean, but uh, so I hear. This is one of the the few years that I haven't bet the Kentucky Derby. Not that like. I know what I'm doing at all with horse racing. Like, I know nothing whatsoever about horse racing and how to bet and the most successful way to bet and who the horses are and the jockeys and the trainers. I'm just like, oh, that's a cool name. He's got like a, he's got like a checkered number on, yeah. his, on his butt. So, yeah, I'm going to choose that guy. No, I know less than zero. I mean, the, the best thing that I ever figured out is learning what I don't know. And horse racing is definitely one of those things. So I leave it to... Guys at the bar that do know, or, or at least claim to. They've never won me any money, but they claim to have systems, and they claim to know what's going on. From the texter, uh, I bleeping hate Cubs fans. Well, so, man, that came right. out. Starting off with a bang. Wow. I think that's you specifically. This is a mutual friend who I, don't, who I won't say on air. Okay. Yeah. I think that was a dig straight towards you, Luke. I don't they think that. Like has, I don't think that has. They really like me. I don't think that has anything to do with the Cubs. No, that's that's probably more likely. Hell of a show today. Got Luke sitting in with us. All program. Uh, Rob Portnoy, voice of your Lobos, are going to call in and talk about his Los Angeles Lakers and what an insane game it was. We're going to give you our NBA perspective when we get back. Rob Portnoy is going to hit you with his hot Lakers takes. At 4.30, a lot of NFL talk, a lot of NBA talk. Andres Trujillo will join us in the 5 o'clock hour, talking a little bit about some local sports and the New Mexico games. Young Jake Cassio, you know him, you love him, new contributor to the program. He's going to call in in the 6 o'clock hour and rant about his New York Knicks. I actually got to meet Jake this weekend. He was he was out having a, a coldie at the bar before the uh, derby. He's a dude. We got to meet him. Yeah, it definitely was a pleasure. He's a dude, for sure. We got the I-9 varsity coming up, 6 o'clock hour, a little bit of baseball talk. Aaron Judge is back, and it could not be better timed for your New York Yankees. Uh, we're gonna get. I got some quick hitters for you too. Um, uh, one of my favorite stories. This happens once a year in baseball. It usually slips under people's radar, but I want to tell you about this story later in the program. Uh, we got ourselves an old uh, 
National Anthem standoff, Luke. Oh. When's the last time you saw a good National Anthem standoff? Well, like you said, there's generally one a year or so. And here's my favorite story. Let's just kick up. Since you work in a pub, you got a beautiful perspective on this. But J.J. Watt just bought a football team. Not like an NFL team. A soccer team He's in funny. Europe. And for him to get to know the people, to get to know the fans, to get to know the region of the soccer team that he just purchased, he went and got blackout drunk and went on a pub crawl to all the favorite soccer bars. That is like the most man-of-the-people expletive deleted I'd heard in a long time. Oh, for sure. But you got to be in shape for, a, for like a soccer pub crawl. <laughs> this is, I mean, we, we're pretty serious at Howie's, but these guys take it to another level. J.J. Watt bought the Burnley Football Club, which I don't know where that is or what that is. I just heard about it in the news. Shout out to Burnley. Okay, I didn't know that place existed. But anyways, he wanted to get to know his people. He wanted to get the vibe of the soccer fans. He wanted to get, because who knows a team better than the hardcore fans? Oh, of course. Don't listen to your front office. Don't listen to these Ivy League educated geniuses who have worked their whole life to get in this position. Listen to your pissed off drunk fans oh for sure that's how you get the pulse of the nation exactly so he went on to do some air quotes research as he went on a local pub crawl to get uh the vibe of the nearby community and then all the fans and he said he learned a lot about the team he learned a lot about the fans and i love that does he remember any of it to see that was my next question yeah, i've learned a lot of things at, at the time and the next morning i'm like i god i felt really smart last night but it is gone today <laughs> i mean hopefully he had like an assistant or somebody with him a scribe yeah a scribe so, taking car- notes like around somebody in a backpack notating little. what's going because like guinness four like guinness is four through 12 you need somebody to help oh, you out yeah I'm super sharp, zero through three. Oh, for sure. Yeah, like four, then we start talking double digits. Adios, Van. I mean, I feel smarter after that, but it's uh, it's definitely questionable. Tyler, uh, how many oat sodas can you have before you turn into a pile of garbage? I mean, I'm sober now, so probably like half of one. Okay, <laughs> excellent point. But I'm sober because it was a probable. It was a problem. You know, you know what I mean. Like I'm sober because that was just a thing in general. Ah. Right? People don't sober up because they're drinking oat sodas and turning into great people. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, for sure. Yeah, you don't uh, you don't go clean because you just won the Nobel Prize. Precisely. Yeah. Yeah. And I quote, when you invest in a club that's been around since 1882, 1882, you must have great respect for its history and tradition, the Watts said in a statement announcing the investment. We understand that we are not only investing in the squad and manager, we are investing in the town and its people. We take that responsibility very seriously and intend to work hard in earning their trust and support. Well, brother, good start. I was going to say, I think he has the same press guy as uh, Ryan Reynolds and and, uh, Rob McElhaney because that was pretty much the same thing they said when they bought Wrexham. Yeah, for sure. You go out and get hammered. I mean, and that's that's a great example for the class, right? Oh, yeah. If J.J. Watt can turn this club into what, you know, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhaney did with Wrexham, like Wrexham in the past three years have moved up two levels. I credit it all to Ted Lasso. It all started with Ted Lasso, you know. Oh, 100%. And I, oh my God, speaking of Ted Lasso, I am so sad that this thing is almost over. I am too. I, I can't even bring myself to start watching the third season yet. Oh, you haven't yet? Oh, I've got them, I've got them stockpiled and I'm just kind of waiting for one like binge watch cry all day. It, I mean, that is it, right? Yeah. 
It's like the uh, the what you call it, the the Jim Valvano speech. Oh yeah, like you 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 want to cry and laugh and smile and think every day. Yeah, exactly. That's like every episode of Ted Lasso does it. Exactly. Tyler, you a Ted Lasso guy? No, I need to be. No, nah, you should be. Yeah, like I don't really, I don't really endorse something that hard, but it's like an amazing piece of American art. That's what I'm hearing. Like it's that level of good. I do feel better after watching an episode. Every single episode. Yeah. Can you guys remind me what it's on one more time? Like what is it? Apple TV. It's, oh, it's Apple. Apple. It's Apple. Yeah, okay. it's an Apple. That's, I'm sorry, that's not happening. I owe Apple so much money. <laughs> okay. <There's> no way. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'll teach you how to pirate television during the commercial break, Tyler. I like that. Speaking of commercial break, we wouldn't be here without our friends and partners in the community, such as where we are right now, live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Cowell Banker Legacy Studio. We play on Team I-9. We start our days at the YMCA. A burger and a shake, that goes down at 66 Diner. And the weekends, that's for Teller Vodka, New Mexico's Vodka. We'll be live at Hollow Spirits on Friday when the Topes are out of town. We don't miss a Friday at Hollow Spirits. And every single New Mexico United away game, that goes down at Hollow Spirits. Come catch us next Wednesday and the following Saturday as we host the New Mexico United Watch Party. Uh, and uh, about to launch, we'll talk about it on Friday, but Hollow Spirits now an official watch party sponsor of the New Mexico United. So the boys are legit. If you didn't think we were already, look at us. Look at us. Just look how far you've come. Oh, my boy's all grozed up. He's grozed and he's grozed and he's grozed and he's grozed. NBA talk when we get back. You're listening to Two Men On, 95.9 FM, AM 610, The Sports Animal. The traffic right now starting to see some slowdowns southbound on I-25 as you approach Montgomery. Do be aware of that. Northbound I-25 dealing with some congestion between Gibson and Central. Westbound on I-40 as you approach the interchange. Things moving a little slow there. And we are still seeing quite a bit of slowdowns eastbound on Montgomery as you approach San Mateo. It would appear that a lot of people are trying to get into the brand new Raising Canes today. So watch yourself if you're traveling in that area. If you see an accident, call the Traffic Tracker hotline at 767-9167. Brought to you by American Home Furniture and Mattress, proudly providing New Mexicans with quality furniture and service for over 87 years. I'm Michael Carlisle from the 96.3 News Radio KKOB Traffic Center. Telling it like it is. The Clipper season now is over again. Everybody knows what the issue is. Kawhi's body. But Steve Ballmer's a tech guy. In tech, you don't necessarily try to salvage stuff. You dump it. Steve Ballmer... I don't think it's going to try to salvage Kawhi Leonard. I, I think it's I over. Think it's over. The herd with, with Colin Cowherd weekdays at one on ninety-five point nine FM and AM six ten. The sports animal. Sports animal. Okay, we have to stop debating and decide on a place for dinner tonight. Someone at work said Fogo de Chao was great. <laughs> Fogo de what? Fogo de Chao. <laughs> I think you mean Fogo de Chon. No, it's Chao. C-H-A-O. Well, you have the spelling right, but it's Chon. Chao. It's Chon. Chao. Fogo de Chao. It's Chon. No matter how you say the name, there is no better dining experience than Fogo de Chao. It's Chon. You'll love the unique and immersive dining experience at Fogo de Chon. Their culinary team uses 
traditional Brazilian cooking methods. Slow cooking brings out the meat's natural flavors for an outstanding meal every time. Pair it with award-winning cocktails and wines. Visit the world-class market table and you'll have an unforgettable experience. Drop by on Tuesdays at Fogo de Chão and kick off your lunch or dinner with a free primetime appetizer with the purchase of their unique Brazilian cocktail, the Caipirinha. Experience the art of churrasco at Fogo de Chão. Fogo de Chão, a culinary experience you'll never forget. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. For the ones finding new ways to ensure the job always gets done. For the ones wearing many hats. For the ones who are hands-on, even from far away. And the ones keeping business moving forward. We are Granger, Offering professional-grade industrial supplies, plus real-time product availability and access to experts ready to answer your toughest questions. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Do the Nuggets have any chance of slowing down the Suns? Is James Harden the clutch one over the Boston Celtics? Join us as we break it all down. The opening drive with Jeff Simbieta, J.J. Buck, and Amory starts at 7 a.m. Welcome back to the program, Duke City. Listen to Two Men On, 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. Joined by Chris, the mayor of downtown Burnett, coming up this Thursday. Red Door Brewing downtown. New friend of the show. Excited to work with them. We do some cool events at their downtown location. Stay tuned for all the info from there. This Golden State Lakers series is absolutely captivating. They're so evenly matched. They got different styles of play. LeBron James versus Steph. If you're not watching every second of this, I don't know what's going on. You know, we're sports and sports adjacent here. We kind of lean into the adjacent side a little more in this program. But I could talk three hours all day, every day about Lakers and Golden State series. This is captivating, Luke. Well, yeah, you you talk about it is LeBron and Steph, of course. But it's so far, it's been the reserves. It's been the it's been the uh, Lonnie Walkers and the. Uh, I can't remember the other guy. Rui Hashimura. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there's been other guys stepping up and making plays when they had to. I mean, last night's game was just great. As good as this series has been, except for one lucky New York Knicks win. And, by the way, 6 o'clock hour, Knicks superfan Jake Cassio will call in to rant. But it hasn't been much of a series since game one when the Knicks stole that game. The Heat have just been dominating the New York Knicks. They look lost out on the court. Yeah, I mean, you know, playoff Jimmy is a real thing, and that's been exciting to watch. And even when he was out, they were they were holding up their end. It's just uh, Miami's tough. You know, Spolstra, good coach. Everybody thought he was just this kid when he came into the league, but he's been doing it so long now. He's he's kind of the top of the, the pile these days with the coaches, it seems. Well, he, he was a seasoned veteran, talking about Spolstra, 
when he came into the league, he just looks like a baby. Yeah, exactly. Like, he still literally looks like a little Filipino baby. He, and he's got that, like, 1996, like, middle school haircut. That's just, like, the, the part flip over. Like, you, like you, you expect him to, like, get out of his suit after the game and, like, put on some Jinkos and be... <laughs> With a wallet chain. Oh, for sure. Shopping at Hot Topic. For sure. Hey, cool wheelies. What are the what are the, the shoes with the wheels on the bottom? Heelys. Heely. Cool Heelys, bro. Are Heelys back? Yeah, I'm wearing them right now. <laughs> Shut up. I'm a bigger guy, so I just the the, the, the wheels just flattened on me. <laughs> I never got much roll out of my Heelys. They don't they don't make bearings strong <laughs> no, enough exactly. for Luke's Heelys. Oh, these, these are yeah, uh, do some doolies. Exactly, <laughs> some doolies, exactly. Jimmy Butler is an absolute dude in this series, shooting over fifty percent, fifty six percent from the field. It's like he doesn't even got to play hard. He just goes to sleep, wakes up. And he scores 30 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists. Yeah, I mean, he's good in the regular season, but he's just one of those guys that just has that extra level in the playoffs and, and is very humble about it and, and, you know, whatever it takes for the team to win kind of thing, which I really like. So, And people complain about the Knicks. Like, they don't have a superstar. They don't have anyone that can really compete at this level. I mean, neither do the Heat besides Jimmy Butler. Like, a Bam Adebayo, like, I know he's a good basketball player. He ain't a superstar. It's Jimmy going up against all these dudes. And the Knicks, like, whatever, Brunson, he's above average. Julius Randle, he, he can get hot every once in a while. But the Knicks are just, like, Julius Randle and, like, ten guys that try really hard. Well, it goes to the, it's because nobody wants to sign with them because they have owner issues. Yeah, I mean, and plus, like, the last – what three decades they've been cursed oh for sure ever since the frozen envelope they're still paying the karma for the frozen envelope exactly yeah since they sold their soul for patrick ewing which didn't work out they've been in the doldrums of the nba like every single time there's some trade rumor or there's a free agent rumor like oh they want to go play in madison square garden no visitors playing the knicks want to play in madison square garden because it's an easy win if you put together a half-hour highlight reel of the Knicks over the last 30 years, 20 minutes of it would be Van Gundy on Alonzo Mourning's leg <laughs> with the comb-over <laughs> flopping up. and uh, uh, The yeah. poor Knicks, man. Poor Jake. That, that is it. The Heat are going to close them out next game. Sorry, Knicks fans. You're one piece. Minimum. You're at least one piece away from being a legitimate playoff team. Again, I think that one's addition by subtraction. You're, uh, you're, you need to get rid of one piece before you're yeah. be serious contenders. I don't think anybody really wants to sign their long term right now. And and I don't see why not. Because like, look, every other sport, New York and L.A., New York and L.A., they got the people. They can afford the people. Any big free agent, any anybody on the trade market wants to go to New York or L.A. But not so much with the Knicks. Like apparently. Madison Square Garden allegedly is the mecca of basketball. Is it? Why isn't it attracting all these people? How come every single season I hear a rumor about somebody that wants to play in Madison Square Garden? Somebody grew up a Knicks fan. Somebody wants to move to New York. Somebody wants to to get all that big New York money, and they never go. The common link is James Dolan. Yeah. It's It's 100%, I think. I, I just think that nobody wants to go play for that guy right now. They got him yelling at fans and kicking 
kicking people out of the stadium for life for for heckling the team and, and heckling him and just yeah i mean even your own ex-players you kicked out he managed to make charles oakley the good guy for sure you know what i mean and that's just you have to go out of your way to make charles oakley the good guy in the situation that is a very hard feat to accomplish but oakley is the rational one in the argument we have a huge issue because he was correct no he was for sure but look sorry knicks fans you should be happy i know it's hard to say like getting beat by a lower seated team you can't be happy but look, you made it to the playoffs i thought you're gonna be a lottery pick you won a series in the playoffs Congratulations. Like, this is something to build upon. This is something to be happy about. This is something to celebrate for next season. But, look, you're one or maybe two pieces away, Knicks fan, and you're getting beat single-handedly by Jimmy Butler. Yeah, I mean, the the phone booth, the, the locker may as well be a phone booth back there because he's just putting on the Superman cape and coming out and taking over. And it, and it, see, he does it so effortlessly, too. Yeah. Like, every once in a while, you know, he'll see, you'll see, like, a little highlight play, but it's very rare. He does it calmly. He does it smoothly. He distributes the ball. He gets the defenses, the defense set up where they're supposed to be. He's just like playing chess out there, and New York is is playing hi ho chario. <laughs> I mean, it, it is fun to watch. Like I, I want the Knicks to be good. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's one of those franchises that the, the league is better when when the Knicks are are relevant. And it, it took me like half a season to realize that uh the heat have kevin love it's oh, like yeah. it's like oh hey kevin love is back he's been drawing charges all season long <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> playing 12 really solid minutes every night god he's aged he just he's like looking gray and he i mean he, he's doing his thing but he's uh he's, he looks you, you forgot about him for so long he turned into an old man on you yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's been a long time since, you know, triple-double every game Minnesota Timberwolves, Kevin Love. Yeah. It's been a long time since then. We're going to switch from New York, Miami to Golden State, Los Angeles when we get back. And we're getting the perspective of Lakers fanboy, voice of your New Mexico Lobos, Rob Portnoy, joins us when we get back. You're listening to Two Men On, 95.9 FM, AM 610, the Sports. Welcome back to the program, Duke City. Listen to Two Men On, 95.9 FM, AM 610, The Sports Animal. We wouldn't be here without our friends and partners in the community, such as ABQ Axe. It's throwing Thursdays every other Thursday at ABQ Axe. This Thursday, we'll be down at Red Door downtown, but the following Thursday, we'll be back at ABQ Axe. Don't miss all the action there. The boys will give you $7.50 off per person, per lane. And and look, we're going to keep you safe. We're going to teach you how to do it. And you can have yourself a little oat, oat soda by Red Door while you're there. Joining us on the Sports Animal Hotline, friend in real life, friend of the show, your favorite in the Albuquerque sports entertainment business Voice of your Lobos, Rob Portnoy. What's happening, my dude? Man, I'm good, buddy. How are you doing, brother? Good, man. Busy but good. Just out here living. L-I-V-I-N, man. (laughs) So what's going on in the world of UNM Lobo baseball? Are we going to catch some momentum at the end of the season and take us into the Mountain West Tournament? It 
definitely a strong possibility. Um, they swept Fresno State in their last home series two weekends ago, uh, but this past weekend they went on the road and dropped two or three at UNLV. They had a, a three-game edge in the loss column on the uh, Fresno State Bulldogs in the standings going into the weekend. They come out, that lead is down to two in the loss column now. They do have the tiebreaker, though, so they, they finish tied with Fresno State. They'll They'll make the tournament. That's kind of the team that they're jockeying with right now for the fourth spot in the conference. Um, if the Lobos had won on Sunday, obviously uh, it would have been huge to take two or three in Vegas. But um, they come back home. They've got four at home this weekend against Nevada. And, uh, you know, a, a series win this weekend would go a long, long way to qualifying for the Mountain West tournament for the first time since 2017. When uh, your buddy, Josh Sushan, is warming up his voice at the beginning of the year, he calls a little Nevada baseball. Did you pick his brain at all, how we're going to sweep four games from Nevada? Well, we've already played him once, so that helps. Um, the Lobos uh, went to Reno earlier this year, and in fact, uh, Nevada got a break, man. There's, there's no other way to put it. They got a huge break. The Lobos had boat raced them two straight, and UNM uh, at that time, uh, Isaac Gallegos, their Sunday starting pitcher, was throwing as well as anybody in the conference. He was lined up to pitch the Sunday game. Uh, I learned something new about the Mountain West Conference as a result of the postponement of that game in Reno and the finale of that series. They're, they only played two. The Lobos won them both. The game on Sunday got postponed, and it, it'll be made up this weekend as part of that four-game set. They'll play a doubleheader on Friday at Santa Ana Star Field. The Mountain West Conference has a rule that if the feels-like temperature, in other words, the temperature that factors in the wind chill, if it is 32 or less, 32 or lower, the game cannot start. They, they cannot play. And uh, unfortunately, the forecast for that day was uh, to not have that temperature, that feels-like temperature, get over 32 uh, the funniest part of the whole thing is by the time that they decided to go ahead and postpone the game, make it up later in the year, which is this weekend now here in Albuquerque, uh, the sun was out uh, because of the, the field turf uh, playing surface. It was definitely warmer than 32 uh, on the field. Both teams were actually on the field working out. They got some, some pitchers, some bullpens and things like that before they hopped on their plane back from Reno. But uh, that's all water under the bridge. The Lobos didn't get a chance to sweep them. Um, so... Four games this weekend, and I'm looking forward to it. You you would figure that the coaches and umpire and maybe team captain would get together and say, no, 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 we're okay, let's go. Yeah, you'd like to think that that discretion uh, would be available. Um, I don't know what the reasoning behind the league-wide rule is, uh, but there's no wiggle room. Um, I, I don't know if they think it's a safety issue or what, but uh, if the feels like temperature's not over 32, then you can't play. So... Um, that's the way it happened, and uh, yeah, the sun was out. It, it was not a great weather weekend, um, but the Lobos and and Wolfpack played two games prior to that, and everything was just fine. It just was because the temperature was going to be a little bit lower. Um, they couldn't play. Yeah, a bizarre one, but there you go. All right, well, let's uh, sweep Nevada and take that momentum into the Mountain West tournament and do some damage. I think they got the bats if the pitching can hold up. I think the Lobos can do some damage throughout the rest of the season. But the real reason I wanted you on today, because I am a bandwagon boy this year, I was outspoken right before the playoffs that the Lakers have the best defense in the NBA, and LeBron James and Anthony Davis are going into this playoffs healthy, and they are going to win 
the NBA championship this year, and they are proving me right so far. Rob, how do you feel about yours slash ours Los Angeles Lakers? You pulled out a, a pretty impressive crystal ball there, bro. <laughs> um, you know what's funny? You're talking about their defense and how good they are, and that's all true. Uh, but the all defense uh, was just announced for the NBA, and, and Anthony Davis is neither on the first nor the second team. Now, I know he missed a ton of games, and that probably disqualifies him. But if he's not one of the top ten defensive players in, in the league, then um, you and I have no idea what we're talking about. Sure. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's funny. Like, I, I look back at the, the last crucial possession there uh, for the Warriors when they, they needed, a, you know, a bucket. And, and Steph, um, he had AD out in space. And I, I would have bet a million dollars that he'd drive him. And, and instead, he hit, you know, he, he took that little one-legged step back uh, mid-range, and honestly, it was right on line, and it was halfway down, and it hit the front of the back and the rim like 500 times before yeah. it popped out. And if it goes in, they lead by one, and who knows what happens from there. But, but it didn't, you know. And, you know, Lonnie grabbed the rebound and hit two free throws, and, and Steph got two more shots at it to tie. Um, but he was clearly uh, – uncomfortable being guarded by Davis at the end of the game. Fascinating that the the way that the Warriors had, had you know built a lead in the game and sort of put the Lakers on the brink, I, I, I think it's pretty fair to say that, that that was a must win from my perspective as a Laker fan looking yeah. at that. Um, they were not going to lose that game at home last night and then go on to win the series, just my opinion. Um, and and they, they did pull it off, but the, the way that the Warriors got the lead was obviously bringing somebody to Steph and, and putting him in screen roll action, and, and it was almost unguardable. Well, the Lakers ultimately realized that, okay, you know what, if, if you're going to bring AD's man to Steph to screen, then what we're doing is not working. We're just going to switch it and let AD guard him. And uh, it looked a lot like when uh, when Steph tried to shoot over Kevin Love back in the day when the Warriors were battling the Cavs and missed, um, you know, drive him, drive the big man, just drive the big man and draw a double team or something. I don't know. It's easy for me to say, but I couldn't have been happier, man. Rob, the Lakers not only are playing great defense, but it seems like they're shaking up the Warriors. Whatever they're doing to them, the Warriors are losing their composure. It seems like Steve Kerr, isn't coaching his best game, and, you know, Steph Curry is making dumb mistakes. Like when Curry, like, got that loose ball and then just yeeted it out of bounds to no one, like, they had a timeout there. I mean, at Steph Curry being the distributor of the ball all game built them a double-digit lead, and then he goes back to being the shooter in clutch when it matters the most. Do you feel like the Lakers are playing such good defense and have such a good game plan that the Warriors are just shook? Well, certainly they got in the Warriors' head in Game Three. I mean, that that was one of Coach Kerr's number one comments post game was how the Warriors lost their cool. Uh, you know, we know that can happen to Draymond Green, but it wasn't just Draymond. I, I mean, they they shot themselves in the foot big time. Um, to pull out a favorite sports cliche, but that mm. was the case game three there's no question about it um and that that game got away from him in a hurry as a result and then we know what happened nine minutes to go and and Kerr pulled all of his guys I, I 
the thing that has surprised me most about the series, and and we heard that, you know, Looney is sick, and that's what's limiting his minutes, mm-hmm. and that may may be the case. I'm I'm not saying that it's not, but it it sure has looked kind of funny to me that while the Lakers have stayed consistent with their starting five, um, you know, Kerr has adjusted his now twice in the series. Um, very reactionary, and he's kind of a savant. And when he first went to Michael Green, it looked like the most brilliant coaching move ever because Green spreads the floor, he can shoot the three when Looney can't, and the Lakers, you know, got boat raced in the second game, right? LeBron and AD didn't even play in the fourth quarter of game two. Um, but, you know, they try to go with it again the next game. It doesn't play out exactly the same way. And when I saw that Gary Payton Jr. was going to be in the starting lineup um, for the Warriors in game four, it was like, whoa, this is a, a really big departure um, from what they've done over the course of the year. Now, all that said, let's, I mean, reality is that if Clay Thompson shoots the ball even a little bit better in L.A., then maybe they get out of there with one out of two from the Warriors' perspective, right? He did not have yeah. a good game either, game three or game four. Um, but Jordan Poole has completely disappeared. And, yep. you know, what in the world with Jordan Poole only playing 10 minutes in game four? Just shocking to me. Like, there's a player that you can't lose faith in, to me, if you're Steve Curry. You've got to, to play him. You're, he's a critical bench piece, uh, scorer off the bench, and I'm not sure that the other guys who've been you know, getting the, some of those minutes are capable in the way that Poole is. Um, I'd be doing everything I could to build that guy's confidence right now. I, I, you know, Armchair quarterbacking is our favorite thing to do, right? Naturally. Uh, but, man, oh, man, it's, it's been interesting, fascinating to watch uh, the way things have played out. And, and the, the unbelie- most unbelievable thing from the Lakers' perspective to me is how well they have been able to manage the – and I'm not, it's not that LeBron is playing fewer minutes necessarily, but it's like a pitcher. And I know you're a massive baseball guy, and, and you understand the difference between stressful uh, you know, pitches and ones that are not. Sure. And LeBron is getting to play off of the ball now so much rather than initiating every single offensive possession the way that he has in the past because the Lakers can put the ball in Delo's hands when he's playing well. He didn't even play well yesterday, and the Lakers still won. They can put the ball in Reeves' hands, and he can initiate. And then the, the craziest thing of all that has happened throughout the entire postseason is that a guy who had completely fallen out of the rotation in Lonnie Walker, yep. um, he ends up with the ball in his hands, multiple possessions in crunch time in the last five minutes of that game yesterday. Um, that was unbelievable. I mean, that's that shows how number one how good you are at your job uh, because obviously my next question was going to be about Lonnie Walker the fourth. You you know that we love lists here, Rob. You know we got the I nine varsity. We got you know our top ten of all time. We argue about the greatest of all time list. I got a list for you. This is in the history of Los Angeles Lakers playoff basketball. Five Lakers have scored 15 points in the fourth quarter. They are Shaquille O'Neal, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, Pau Gasol, and now Lonnie Walker the fourth. That is unbelievable. Isn't that crazy? Number four, 
stepped up in the fourth quarter. How much fun was that to watch, knowing this kid hasn't scored all game, he's not a big contributor on your team, and he goes off to give your team the 3-1 lead? There's so many numbers that we can talk about. Um, This one blew me away when I saw it. He had scored 23 points the entire playoffs. (laughs) He has scored 27 points in the last two games. Um, So clearly something that happened, and it's a combination of things. And I I think, uh, you know, there there are many great analysts. You can say what you want about different guys, but Stan Van Gundy has been on point a lot with his observations about tactical changes and things that have been done uh, from a coaching standpoint. Uh, and a personnel standpoint over the course of the series. And he said, you know, and he's, he's focused a lot on the garbage time minutes that Walker got in game two when the Lakers starters didn't even play the fourth quarter because the Warriors had blown them out already. And Walker played a good fourth. Then he comes back in game three. He gets some, some key minutes. He scores 12. And now all of a sudden, um, you know, he's in crunch time. And, you know, it, it's one thing to score 12 points in some important minutes in a game that your team ends up blowing out the Warriors and the Warriors pull their starters with nine minutes left, that's a different deal than playing the last five minutes of a one-possession game against the defending champions and coming up with a 15-point fourth-quarter performance. What he did yesterday is historic in so many ways because I wanted to remember, being a, a Lakers honk, I wanted to remember what – what a significant role he played on the team before all the moves at the deadline. Like February 9th for this young man's season uh, was like a seminal moment. I mean, he played 31 minutes that day and he scored 15 points. And then from that point forward, after all the deadline deals were completed and the roster was completely remade, his minutes fell precipitously. Nobody will remember, unless you're a Laker fan, um, and I wouldn't have known the number until I looked it up, but I knew what an important role he had on a terrible team. They were a terrible first-half team. They were awful before the break. And he scored 18 points a game in December and averaged more than 31 minutes a game in December. By the time you get post-deadline and you get into February, he's averaging 15 minutes a game. Um, he, he was a non-factor. And to, to stay ready, uh, to be prepared, and then – the other things that have to happen, like this is the thing that Stan Van Gunny didn't point out, is that players like Troy Brown Jr. completely fell off a cliff. Um, Malik Beasley, who is historically the best three-point shooter on this roster in terms of their career, has fallen off a cliff. And these minutes became available. And Walker's a yeah. scorer. He's not just a shooter. He's a scorer. He can do it at all different levels. And um, he took his opportunity and ran with it it's just a it's an amazing story it's one of those cinderella things and it's not that he wasn't prepared or or was completely unknown it's just that it was so unexpected lonnie legend will not buy a drink in los angeles for the rest of his life i love seeing it so much i got chills watching the fourth quarter it was so cool i can only imagine what his friends and family must be thinking while they're watching that fourth quarter uh, Rob, we're right up against it. Does this series make it back to L.A.? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, there's no way that the champs lose on their home floor. Um, and it would not surprise me at all if it's another uh, you know, fourth quarter where LeBron and A.D. Are, are on the bench with eight or nine minutes to go. And, and, and Yeah. It, it, look, reality, LeBron's tank can't run completely full 
when they're playing every other day. And unless the Warriors have an off-shooting night and the Lakers can hang around, then they'll take their shot in the fourth quarter. Otherwise, it's all eggs in the game six basket. I guarantee you that's the way it'll play out unless the Warriors have an off-shooting night. And I don't see that happening in their gym. I see it the exact same way as you, Rob. Rob, you are an absolute talent. Thanks for being a friend. Thanks for being a friend of the show. Hope all is well with you and yours. Hey, Van, same to you, man. Love doing it anytime. And, uh, yeah, keep up the great work, buddy. Appreciate you, my man. When we get back, we'll put a bow on this Lakers talk. You're listening to Two Men On, 95.9 FM, AM 610. The sport. Welcome back to the program, Duke City. Just a little quickie right here before we go to commercial break, get you to the top of the hour. Uh, Lonnie Walker the fourth is a dude. Like, watching him play and watching him create space, like, I know, obviously, the Warriors, they're going to key on LeBron James and Anthony Davis, but how do you not put a body on this guy? He was doing whatever he wanted to. Like, he was creating shots, obviously, but he just, like, every time he had the ball, he was wide open. Yeah, I mean, him and Austin Reeves was, were, were both kind of creating, and I think that was kind of the difference was having that secondary help for the superstars that, that uh, Steph just wasn't getting, and I think that's kind of why he was so worn out by the end. But that's what the Warriors have to do. Like, the Lakers, they have really good pieces. Like, you know, Reeves is a dude. Rui Hashimura is a dude. Uh, now that we know, you know, Lonnie Walker the fourth, he's a dude. I mean, it creates more problems for the Warriors, but... You shut down LeBron James and AD, and you put it on those other dudes' back, right? Well, yeah, and they're proving that they can handle the load, that they can take it and run with the ball and uh, and be that kind of secondary offense that, that you need to win championships. You need those kind of guys to step up in those situations. Apologies to our friends watching from Facebook and YouTube, uh, our little tech diffs, but sounds good on the radio, I hear. Got some... Uh, encouragement that uh, the product is not affected on the 16,000 plus people listening to us live right now. So we got one hour in the books, excited for a good program next hour. We will also be joined again by Luke Mark with uh, the voice of a generation. Really Luke. I mean, that's what you are. We're we're still trying to figure out which generation (laughs) you're transcendental. You could do both. Andres Trujillo of the, NM Runners and the New Mexico Games joins us next hour as well. Going to give you some info on the New Mexico Games, how to participate and how to be a fan and what to expect. And uh, we're going to talk some more sports and sports-adjacent content. Got some more NFL and NBA talk coming up all 5 o'clock hour. Having a lot of fun with it here. Two men on, 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. I ain't even got to ask, she gonna let me. Now, now betting, betting for the, for sports, the sports animal, animal your, your afternoon, afternoon drive. drive. Number, Number two, two, men on, on Van, Van Nunley, Nunley and, and Fred, Fred Slow. Slow. And in the on-deck circle, Robert, Robert Buck D. Gibson. Gibson. This is Two Men On with Van Nunley and Fred Slow. One hour in the books, Duke City. Hopefully it's quitting time. No matter where you're listening to us, whether it's 95.9 FM or AM 610 or talkabq.com or 
the TuneIn app or the KNML app or sometime in the future on Spotify or Apple or Stitcher or SoundCloud or you had somebody print out the notes of the show on the Internet and you're reading it at the park under the shade tree trying to steal some of my jokes. However you're listening, thanks for being a friend of the show. We love you more. Check out our social media content on Instagram at TalkABQ, Two Men On on Facebook, and somebody runs our Twitter. I don't know what it is. I stop, I draw the line at tweeting, Luke. I have never tweeted. You have yet to tweet? Yet to tweet. You know, I'm just too verbose, you know? I don't want to be limited by 140 characters or whatever it may be. You can get away with that by subscribing $7.99 a month, and you can get more than 140 characters. Is that the the truth, though? Twitter blue. That's what Elon Musk has set up for everybody. That is the voice of Andres Trujillo, owner-operator of your favorite family-friendly sports fun I'm trying to get logged in. The, the NM, the I, NM I, runners <laughs> out at our friends at the Rio Rancho Event Center. Also, well, I mean, I don't even know your title. Uh, executive director. Of the executive Mexico. director of the New Mexico Games. Grand I just call Puba. you. I just call you Jefe. He's the Grand Poobah. <laughs> yeah, there it is. GP for short. Grand Poobah. I try. I try. <laughs> friend in real life. Friend of the show. Frequent contributor to the program. Andres Trujillo. How you doing, brother? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How you guys doing? Doing good, man. Uh, had a lot of fun. First hour of the program. I'm going to keep it going here with you and Luke and Tyler Lovely on the other side of the glass. Yeah, I just met Tyler. Great guy. Yeah. Comedy, man. What's you, the, I mean, you got he's got a comedy background, talking a little bit about uh, what he's going, what's it called, Dry Heat? Is that the club? Dry Heat. Ah. And a Buck D, rocking and rolling with that, too? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, they're stone-cold killers out here in the Albuquerque comedy community. This is a, a launch pad for future uh, comedians and success, so I'm just waiting to catch my big break. Yeah, 505-246-0610. Give us a call. Shoot us a text. Would you like for your resume to be submitted so you can be the next great comic? But you got to be a producer for Two Men On first. Ah, so there's uh, qualifications, <laughs> I guess, right? Yes. <laughs> you know how, you know how like, every girl who breaks up with me, Andres, eventually is, like, happy and they find their partner? It's the exact same thing with comedians on this program. The good luck Chuck effect. Exactly. <laughs> hey. Thank you very much. Classic. I like that movie. That's a great movie. All right, so, Andres, we uh, had a little press conference today. Uh, sure. Today was the opening ceremonies of the New Mexico Games. You lit the torch. The 2023 34th annual New Mexico Games. 34th annual? Yeah. 19- That's like one and a half Tylers. <laughs> Since 1989. <laughs> So, so what's what's different and unique about this year? Because you know, so many New Mexicans uh, in Albuquerque and surrounding areas, all over the state, expats come back to New Mexico to compete in these games. Like, what does it make this so special? It attracts such great people. Well, I think you know, New Mexico games has such a history since 1989. You know, competition has always been at the forefront of New Mexicans in athletics, and everybody wants to compete somehow. And and I think New Mexicans have a sense of pride whenever they do compete. Doesn't matter what sport it is, with basketball, archery, bowling, you name it. People want to compete. And so the New Mexico Games provides that platform for folks to compete, go for gold, and prove themselves, hey, I'm worthy to to take gold and I'm the best in the state at what I'm doing. And and that's what's really cool about 
what we do at the New Mexico games. When, when is the official kickoff first pitch? The first day. What's the first competition? When does it start? First tip-off. Ah. ah does that go. give you a hint? <laughs> <laughs> what sport could it be, Andres Pertel? So our first uh, first sport and, and, of course, tip-off of the New Mexico Games is our iconic Memorial Day weekend basketball tournament uh, taking place May 26th through the 29th at UNM Johnson Gym. And so seven courts over at Johnson Gym, going to be hustling and bustling from Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday uh, with a ton of teams. And, and we're really excited for that because, again, the, the New Mexico Games basketball tournament is the iconic Memorial Day Week in basketball tournament. It has for 34 years. Has so you, you don't need any help signing people up. People have been planning on this year-round. But let's say somebody is just hearing this for the first time and they want their basketball team to sign up. When and where do they do that? So you better get in quick. Uh, May 17th is the deadline to register your team for the New Mexico Games Basketball Tournament Memorial Day weekend. Uh, each team is a, it's $300 per team, two-game minimum guaranteed, and it's a double elimination tournament. So, uh, you know, our divisions span from th- uh, third grade down uh, all the way up to high school, JV, varsity, as well as men's open, men's rec, women's open, and seniors 50-plus. And this year is the first time in New Mexico Games history we are actually offering prize money in the men's <laughs> open and <laughs> women's go. open divisions. So, all you top guns out there, all you high flyers, all you all you ballers out there, here's your chance to score yourself some some cash for your team. And and first place in the men's and women's open, uh, first place team gets twelve hundred dollars, second place gets five hundred, and third place gets three hundred dollars. Well, she get paid to play. How stringent are they on that fifty and over division? I mean, can can I sneak in there with the with the gray beard, or do, are they going to check everything? <laughs> I, I don't feel in the men's open, I would be very much competition. But if I can compete with like the eighth graders or the seniors, I might have a chance for some game. He's ready to go for gold, no matter no matter what, right? Exactly. I got, I got the silver now. I just need the gold, you know. I that was clever. I like it, Luke. I like it. So yeah, you know the Mexico Games basketball is rocking and rolling. We're we're really excited to. Uh, partner with the city of Albuquerque Parks and Recreation Department on on this, and and they've been a partner of ours for for quite some time. But we really made it a point to promote what the city of Albuquerque Parks and Rec Department is doing uh, with the New Mexico Games and throughout Albuquerque. I mean, how many sports do you have total? Because there's something for everybody. Yes. Yeah, so currently we are we are have 14 plus slated for the 2023 New Mexico games. And I say plus because we do have several sports that we're waiting on venue and date confirmations before we release those. And so, um, you know, of course, uh, we have basketball rolling in. We got swimming rolling in. Uh, we got judo. We got tennis. Uh, we got archery, bowling, pickleball. I was going to ask if pickleball had made its way. Now, in. now pickleball is one of the hottest sports as we're seeing. It just grows. And it's not just isolated to one age demographic it's across the entire spectrum so it's really cool that we're seeing that and not only that our pickleball tournament is august 4th through 6th over at manzano mesa pickleball courts which are phenomenal and and shout out to city of albuquerque for really having great facilities there um but we're also having prize money there in pickleball for our doubles uh men's open and women's open 
So, hey, we're, our goal here is not to uh, just have New Mexicans compete. Obviously, that's priority first and foremost. But we want to have people from out of state come in and compete uh, in the New Mexico games as well. Drive tourism, you know, help our partners over at Visit Albuquerque, Visit Las Cruces, and so on and so forth. Well, where does the prize money come from from these? Is it, is it the corporate sponsors that give it in? Like, for, like, for example, like Pickleball, like obviously Centrum Silver and Metal Musical. <laughs> I figured Vlasic would get in on that. <laughs> yeah. Man, man, throwing out those uh, endorsements, I see. <laughs> That's what we're trying to see what we can do. So, yeah, so through our partners, uh, throughout our throughout the games, um, you know, our partners coming together and, and putting up some cash, of course. The uh, city of Albuquerque is the forefront of that as we work with them in growing sports within the Albuquerque area. Pickleball seems like that perfect sport if you want to get a little bit of exercise, but not too much exercise. Yeah, exactly. Something I can get behind. It's like so, it's like a hybrid of like four different other racket sports. Oh, yeah. With less movement. Oh, yeah. By the way, high level of skill involved. <laughs> if it's, you're, not, it's not as easy as people think. Oh, no. No, it is not. if you're going up against somebody who's actually knows what they're doing and actually are, yeah. are very competitive. It's not as easy as you think. You're not just to paddle, you know, hit the wiffle ball, and that's that. No, these guys know what they're doing, and it's pretty fun to watch. I'm sure you talk to a lot of pickleballers and pickleball teams. Like, What is it about pickleball, do you think, that makes it just on the rise in this country? I think what makes it popular, I think what makes it uh, an attractive sport to get into is because no matter what age you are, you can compete against anybody of any age. So, I mean, you have kids out there that are 15 years old competing against 40-year-olds. That's what makes it beautiful. You got folks that are in 60s that are in tip-top shape going against 30-year-olds. So I I think it eliminates that age barrier, and and this makes it accessible to anybody of all ages. One thing I love about the New Mexico games is the venues for all these sports. It's a mix of city and county and state property, but also you got – local businesses sprinkled in too like you know you got your your archery shop your your duke city bmx your your tin pins and more like what is it like getting together with all these community figures and saying like hey you know we we got space here at the park but also we want to access your spaces yeah so when what we do with the new mexico games is is our our philosophy is to work with partners and and, and in reality when we have partnerships Everything grows together, and that's the key. And I think sometimes we feel like crabs in a bucket here sometimes in our community, but this is a way we can help our, our, our businesses, our partners grow. If, if Archery Shop, you, like you mentioned, um, we have, we've, uh, we've been partners with the Archery Shop for many, many years, and, uh, and one thing we do is, is as we do our competition there, it actually exposes the, the community. If, even if they've never tried archery and they want to try in the New Mexico games, it's an opportunity for them to try it out. And then these, these businesses will actually get repeat customers and repeat uh, uh, you know, folk athletes that come in and, and participate and spend a little bit of money on, on uh, equipment and things like that. So uh, that's our goal. It, our goal is to drive traffic to our community partners and community businesses. So can we start lobbying for uh, axe throwing in the... Uh, so, okay, so... Oh, yeah. Okay, okay, this is an interesting <laughs> that, story. That was actually a, one of our sports that we actually tried to figure out in twenty at the end, uh, uh, in 2021. At the end of 2021, I mean, we had a half a year in 2021, but we also looked at it in 2022. But, unfortunately, our insurance does not cover axe throwing. It's nah. considered too risky of a sport. It is so safe though. So as long as you have on, that too. I thought, 
That's what I thought. I thought I thought it was a safe sport. You know, you got nets and you got, you know, lanes and I thought it was a fantastic concept, but yeah, unfortunately insurance said, yeah, no. Yeah, I tell you, I'm I'm much more likely to injure myself playing basketball at this point in my life than I am throwing axes. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> yeah. And it's not even close. Yeah. And, and you know, and the thing is too, we, we we tried different sports like drone racing. We thought that would have been a phenomenal um event to put into play and uh, same thing insurance said, nope, too risky. <laughs> when when you can put nets up and all that good stuff. Yeah. So. I mean, you got it about as risky as you can right now. I mean, how many more sports can you possibly stuff into the New Mexico games? It feels like you got almost literally everything covered. Yeah, and and the thing is is that uh, New Mexico games runs from May through November every year. Oh, oh wow. And which is which is really interesting and unique for the New Mexico games. And so we're we're members of the State Games of America. And other states I, I want to say there's like 38 other states that are members of the State Games of America. Most of the states whether it's Michigan, you know, maybe Texas, Iowa, they usually have their cluster of games in a week's time or a two-week period. New Mexico games has a unique opportunity to to run from May through November and spread them out, which is awesome. One, because it gives athletes a chance to compete, not just in one sport, but in many. Sure. And, and that's the whole point of the games. We want to, our mission is to bring New Mexicans together and form those relationships. And you're talking about spreading it out through the year, but we're also spreading it out throughout the state, right? This isn't just the Albuquerque games. So we have games where else in the state? Yeah, so what's really cool about this year's partnerships is we partnered with Visit Las Cruces, their Convention Visitors Bureau down there. And we actually are having three sporting events down in Cruces this year, and uh, that is uh, judo, karate, and uh, cornhole. So, I mean, this is the first for the New Mexico Games. And, and it's cool because our goal is to make it accessible for folks to be able to participate in uh, in multiple events. And, and, and you know, I, I know there's plenty of people down in Las Cruces, maybe they don't want to make the trek to Albuquerque, but they want to compete in the New Mexico Games. So Las Cruces has a few sports that they can take their you know choice and try something. And then also we actually have our re- indoor court sports like racquetball, paddleball, handball, squash, and all that. That is taking place in Las Vegas, New Mexico, over at the Highlands Racquetball Courts and the Abe Montoya Recreation Center. So it's really cool to see the evolution of the New Mexico games really spread its footprint across the entire state. And that's just, uh, and that's just something we were really proud of doing this year. If you're interested in participating, if you're interested in being a spectator, if you're interested in being a partner, everything goes down on NewMexicoGames.org, N-E-W-M-E-X-I-C-O-G-A-M-E-S.org, not M-N-M Games, New Mexico Games. Spelled out. Dot org. Yeah. All right, Andres, Executive Director of New Mexico G- Games, thank you so much. You ready to take your Executive Director hat off? <laughs> And put your sports and sports adjacent hat on. Hey, I'm always ready, man. You know, you know me. I'm ready to jump in feet first. Come on. More two men on when we get back. 95.9 FM AM 610. The sports animal. Here we go. Welcome back to the program, Duke City. Listen to two men on. 95.9 FM AM 610. The sports animal. We're live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coal Banker Legacy Studio. We play on Team I-9. We start our days at the YMCA. Burger and a shake, that goes down at the 66 Diner with the boys and the weekends. That's for Teller Vodka, New Mexico's vodka. Uh, Teller Vodka, boys, get excited. 
sometime soon, sometime in the near future, hopefully beginning of June, they're dropping their Teller T. Hmm. It is like a semi-sweet sun tea with delicious Teller vodka in it. And I can't wait to drink all of it. Yeah, that just sounds dangerous. <laughs> it is so. I've had a, I've had some samples. I've had some of their their batches throughout the last few months. Their last batch that they're actually going to produce and can. It is mwah. It is perfect. Can't taste any alcohol. Is it? No, not at all. No. <laughs> and that's why it's dangerous. Yes. <laughs> Drinking that in the sun is just yeah. Yeah. A lot of Teller Tees in the sun on the golf course this summer. Count me excited. Congratulations to both Ray Allen and Justin Fields. They both went back to school and completed their degree. Nothing wrong with that. That's cool. All right. That's cool. Good job, guys. After Ray Allen had a Hall of Fame basketball career, fulfilled a promise to Mama, to go finish his degree, and he did. He walked across the stage, uh, moved the tassel to the other side of the hat. I have no idea if it's left to right or right to left, but whatever that means, he shifted his tassel over, and um, two decades later, he has his degree. Conversely, Justin Fields, the last two off-seasons, has been attending Ohio State University, and he got his degree last week as well. So one of these is a beautiful story, and one of these is going to be a scapegoat when Justin Fields sucks this year. <laughs> and it's like, we are not Chicago Bears organization. We are not paying you to go back to school to study earth science or university studies or English as a second language or underwater basket weaving. The triple Lindy. Yes. Whatever. What, what, whatever cliched degree athletes get. Whatever fake degrees University athletes. University studies. Exactly. That's the one that always gets me. Oh, I'm yeah. like, oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I'm a business major. Okay, so Justin Fields had his bachelor's in consumer and family financial services. That sounds real. Hey, you know what? That means life after. Yeah, hopefully he can manage that money that he got in the contract. Okay, coming up at 630, the I-9 varsity of BS degrees. Ooh. Okay, stay tuned in the 630 segment. BS stands for bachelor there. Bachelor of science degree. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh. So I think that's dope that like Justin Fields like took the time while he was during the offseason to get his degree. Like that is really cool. You know how much extra effort that takes? Like well, it's a little easier for, for Ray Allen at this point, retired and rich, than it is for, for Fields who's still in the midst of it all. So good for him. I mean, the Bears are probably upset. Like, we want you to sit back and study your playbook. Go throw the ball with your receivers. Said, what are you doing consumering and family eating financial services? They sent him home with the blank tapes to watch like they did to uh, Marcus <laughs> yes, Russell. Yes, Marcus Russell. <laughs> the old blank tape trick. That's probably what uh, his professor did, yeah. not the coach. It was like, what do you think about this last DVD I sent you, Justin? Oh, that was a good one. That was a real good one. No, he's one. more like, DVD? What's a DVD? Oh, yeah, good point. Yeah, <laughs> I was streaming. That email I sent you on your brand new notebook. Okay, so Bears fans out there, you got an excuse for next year. Congratulations. And by the way, huge Justin Fields homer 
right here. I think he's a dude. I think he's right-handed Michael Vick. But it all depends on, like, hey, we saw what happened to Kyler Murray last year. He took all the expletive deleted in the world for wanting to play video games instead of studying his playbook. And look at the Cardinals. They suck. I mean, there's no other way to say it. They just just suck. They got a good defense. They got good wide receivers. They got a quarterback who they think is going to be their franchise quarterback. Didn't win a lot of games. Yeah, they definitely took a step back last year with with all of that going on, and he's you know he was injured a lot. He, I mean, Fields is built a lot differently. Sure, Field, Fields is going to be a little more durable, which I mean, good for him because they don't have an offensive line in Chicago, and he's going to be running for his life most of the season. They did address some of that in the draft in the off season, but well, good for him. I mean, it, it's even like a real degree too, like consumer and family financial services. That's like, hey. I believe you. He's like, pre- you actually had to study for this, didn't you? He's preparing. He's preparing. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing to add. What do they say? Don't have a fallback or you got to have a fallback? Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, hey, you never know. In- injuries, right? Injuries Failing can happen. Failing to prepare is you preparing to fail. Boom. There you go. There it is. There it is. I mean, did you guys see what Tyler Lockett did last week? I missed it. Tyler Lockett, receiver for the Seattle Seahawks, had uh, has a real estate company. And it's now the official real estate company of the Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> so if that doesn't scream collusion, I have no idea what. I mean, I'm assuming in the next few days, the newly degreed Justin Fields, there'll be an announcement that Fields Family Financial, financial. Services, <laughs> Fields Financial is the official financial service of your Chicago you're, Bears. But you're your, you're your best endorsement. Well, isn't, I mean, it's advertising. Isn't Soldier right? Field already called something financial field now? So, I mean, it kind of works right in there. I will never call it anything except for Soldier Field. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. You call it whatever you want. It's like calling the pit the pit, and it's always the pit. It's the pit. But yeah. Soldier Field is kind of the state, but then they have, like, you know, now they have the nine different names so they can get more money. You have Bob King Court at University Arena, a.k.a. the pit, Wise Pies, nine different <laughs> names. Mm-hmm. Things, it's all, you know. So What I'm, is it now? It's something financial field at soldier fielders I, you know it's, i'll have to look that up i forget but it, it, it plays right into justin field's marketing strategy i think this is great i mean this is a, a great precedent to set for young athletes that your education matters like it's not all i get into the pros i get paid it's not all nil money like he had to be i mean this is obviously a cliche but he probably had to be raised right right to to care about his education to want to waste I mean, to me, it's wasting time going back. Like, he could just hire somebody to run a financial service for him. He could have Fields Financial Service without a degree. Just make sure it's not an uncle or a cousin. I've seen too many of the athletes (laughs) end up broke because their uncle was their financial advice. You know? Yeah. Yeah, but I think think it also keeps him focused. I I think that's one of the things that these young athletes lack in in, in today's world is that they're, they're not focused. And so this is a great way to stay in your lane and stay away from the crazy partying that maybe they might get influenced in, and especially in the off season and things like that. So, so I think that's that's definitely you know ups on him. More NFL talk when we get back. Luke Marquith, Andres Trujillo, Tyler Lovely, and I am co-host of Two Men on Van Nunley. More sports and sports adjacent content when we get back. You're listening to ninety five nine FM AM six ten The Sports Animal. Welcome back, Duke City. Two men on, 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. 
One of my favorite moments in baseball, and look, everyone knows I'm a baseball homer. It's my first, second, and third favorite sport. And I talk about baseball on this program too much. I get it. I got your feedback, Albuquerque. I got your feedback surrounding areas. I talk about baseball too much. I've had production meetings with higher-ups at the station telling me, talk more NFL. Fine, I will. I get it. I'm hearing you. But one of my favorite moments in all of baseball happened yesterday. <laughs> so I'm going to talk about baseball for a second. <laughs> Have you guys ever seen a national anthem standoff? Never. Okay. You familiar, Luke? Uh, no, I'm, I'm a little confused right now myself. So. Okay. So let me explain what you do here. So you know baseball has a lot of national pride. It's a very American-American sport, even though it was invented in England and we stole it from them like we've done most things in the history of this country. We steal things, we make them better, we make them cheaper, and we give them to everyone. We've done the same thing with baseball. Cultural appropriation. Thank you very much. (laughs) So this has happened forever. It happens Every so often, and I'm glad it doesn't happen all the time, but we had ourselves an old-fashioned national national anthem standoff in between Red Sox pitcher Cutter Crawford and Phillies pitcher Matt Strom. So what happened was, gentlemen, you know before the game, the teams line up on the first and third baseline, take off their hats for the national anthem, and then once that's over, you put your cap back on, you go into the dugout, They announce the lineup, and boom, you go play baseball for nine innings, okay? Every once in a while, somebody has a little bit of national pride, and they know some dude on the other team has a little bit of national pride. So how this happens is during the national anthem, you have yourself a stare down with who you're going to challenge to a national anthem standoff, and then you give a little nod during the national anthem, and then your teammates disperse. They go get their gloves ready. They uh, put a little pine tar on their bat, make sure their shoelaces are tied, wait for the announcer to announce the lineups, and then they either go hit or they go play in the field. Baseball game starts. But every once in a while, some magic happens. And that happened with Saturday's Phillies-Red Sox game in Philadelphia. And usually, you know, Philly, you know, first capital of this country. A lot of civic pride there. A lot of national pride there. Phillies pitcher Matt Strom and Red Sox pitcher Cutter Crawford had one of those special moments I was talking about. The magic. They gave each other the stink eye, (laughs) a little nod, and then everyone else dispersed, and they kept their hat in their hands on their hearts, staring up at the flag in center field while everyone else went up about their business. (laughs) And so what happens next is we have a classic standoff. Who can stand there and stare at the flag the longest? And this time, we had a tie. (laughs) Because the umpires kicked them both off the field, and they they both got tossed out of the game. Tossed out of the, oh, wow. Ejected. They were both ejected out of the game. This is the resolve of Red Sox pitcher Cutter Crawford. Because usually, I mean, the team, uh, the fans behind the dugout will yell at the guy. will try to distract him. will you know, yell expletives at him and say, you know, you, you hate America, blah, 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 whatever it may be. But he stood there steadfast. Not even the Philly fanatic 
could get his attention away from that American flag as he stood stoic for 10 minutes staring at the flag. Is that what the official count was? This yes. Is, this over, is where we miss Morgana. Over 10 minutes. Holy moly. While they're getting the game ready. And so one of the umpires goes up to Matt Strom, the, uh, the pitcher for the Phillies, and says, hey, buddy, we got to call it. You know, you got you to gotta bow out. He's like, this is my home field. He has to stop first. Go tell him to stop first. <laughs> and then the umpire walked away, and he muttered something else. Umpire said, nope, pointed at him. Bam, kicked him out of the game. Goes over across the field to where the Philly fanatic is taunting the Red Sox pitcher to try to get him distracted and said, boom, you're out of the game too. So both these guys are going to get fined for their national anthem standoff, and I am here for it. I agree. It reminds me of, uh, you know, playing park ball back when you were younger. You know, who's going to chicken out? Who's going who's gonna to quit first? That's what, exactly. it is. That's what I feel like. Takes me back to my youth. <laughs> so you think these guys are going to have to actually pay the fine themselves? There is no way. Oh, no. There is no way this is coming out of their account. They might be the, the their names might be on the fine, but there is no way that this is coming out of their pocket. And all the fines go to charity anyway, so it, it's um, all, it's all for good causes. And and yeah. you know it's how much were the fines? Uh, they have not been reported yet. Okay, but they are ejected from the game for uh, behavior contrary to loving America. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> loving America more than everyone else in the country. But this is the coolest thing ever. Like, this is, we need more of this in, in baseball. More fun, quirky moments like this. See, these, like guys, a, these guys were probably friends in the minors and went out drinking the night before. Yeah. And Me neither one bet. of them felt like playing. And so they're like, here's what we're going to do. <laughs> yes. We're going to stare yes. off, get tossed, and we'll be back at the bar by the first inning. <laughs> uh, they walked right across the street to the closest bar and they finished watching the game. While having brews. While having beers. Hey, nothing and, wrong with that. <laughs> and everybody was buying them beers because of their American patriotic display. Yes. There was, they didn't buy a beer all day, but they had a great time. And it doesn't matter if you're the visiting team or not. Like, that kind of patriotism on a baseball field, oh, yeah. you're, you've got to be rewarded exponentially. For sure. And I got to laugh, but a lot of people, you know, commenting on Facebook and social media, like, it's so childish that they did this. It's so childish. But I'm on, I'm the, I'm on, the, I'm on the same boat with you as you, Van. I think it's neat it's different it's unique and brings attention back to baseball look baseball is a great sport america's pastime right and, and these are the t- type of moments that bring people back to to the excitement of what baseball can be well for sure in a 162 game season you have to have little things to, to keep the yeah, attention and to keep it, keep it uh fresh i mean this is a direct result of the pitch clock stuff because what harm is it if you let these dudes stand there, see whose knees give out, see whose quads get who, see who could, can you stand here for a whole two hours and 45 minutes if this goes nine innings or longer if it goes into extra innings? Oh, yeah. And you can just stand here this whole game staring at the flag. Just let him be the first and third base coach for the day and let him just stand, there. stand yeah. there. Yeah, there you go. We need, we need more of this in baseball. We need more of this in sports in general. This is absolute harmless fun they're gonna get a little slap on the wrist one game suspension a little fine 
I mean, this is just because there's the pitch clock. You're trying to make games go faster. We can't stand. We told you it's a 5.07 start on the dot. First pitch has to be a 5.07. We can't stand here for half an hour while you guys show us who loves Uncle Sam more. Well, like you were saying with the pitch clock, you know, they after the first week of the season, they had to kind of send out a memo because I don't know if you, when Dansby Swanson got rung up for a strike for not being in the box on time because he was playing back in L.A. for the first time. Or and was getting the standing ovation, right. the home fans, the yeah. old fans, and not Dansby Swanson, but uh, Bellinger or whatever it was. Yeah, but gets rung up on the called strike for not being in the box in time, and the league was like, "All right, um, so you got to give if the, you know give these guys a little time if they're playing in their Discretion. old ball." Discretion, come on, line. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, for sure, know your environment, know where you are. Guys getting a standing o from the home, his whole, his former home crowd, and. Uh, and, and let's be fair to Cody Bellinger. He hasn't had a standing ovation in years. Yeah, exactly. Like, let me it's, let him soak up the moment. It's been a rough run for Cody Bellinger, who's crushing it for your Cubs this year. He is. He's got. He seems I mean, to have gotten it back together a little bit. NFL talk. When we get back, we will not stare at the flag, but we will be back in about three minutes. You're listening to Two Men on ninety-five nine FM AM six ten the Sports Animal. Welcome back to the program, Duke City. Two men on, 95.9 FM, AM 610. The Sports Animal, 505-246-0610. Hit us with your hot takes. Sports Animal Hotline, 505-246-0610. Wait, that's the same number. Sports Animal Text Line. You don't want to hear your voice on radio? That's fine. Not everyone has a voice as beautiful as Luke Markwith. <laughs> yes, in the quiet storm. <laughs> You're listening to the midnight storm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Packers fans, Jordan Love is your QB1. Aaron Rodgers is gone. Uh, Jordan Love has his first press conference tomorrow, and uh, he's available for it. What is that supposed to mean? I, I thought they were supposed to be available no matter what. He's being made available to the media. <laughs> but Aaron Rodgers never shows up to this part of the season. Aaron Rodgers never shows up to this time of year's press conferences. New guy, Jordan Love, overachiever, little kiss ass trying to get out there and sh- cuddle up to the media already. Well, you know, I think it's one of those things. He, he, he's like, okay, I'm no Aaron Rodgers. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set the tone in a different way. What are you talking about? He's going to be a future Hall of Famer, Jordan Love? Is that the same person you're referring to? I'm not saying that he's not going to be a future Hall of Famer. I'm just thinking his, his, the way he is as an individual, as an athlete, is different. The playbook's already there ever since Don Majowski. You get a, you get a first-round quarterback. You bench him for a year or two. He puts on a Packers jersey, Hall of Famer. Uh, Brett Favre did that under Majowski. Aaron Rodgers did that under Brett Favre. Now Jordan Love is doing that under Aaron Rodgers. Jordan Love, welcome to the Hall of Fame in 20 years. Congratulations on a great career. And one Super Bowl. And one Super Bowl. You heard it here, folks. (laughs) Luke is calling it already. I'll take one. That'd be sweet. Just one out of Jordan Love? I'll take it. Any day. But look, this better be the most benign, mundane, press conference in the history of press conferences Packers nation although we know he was the best regular season quarterback in the history of the NFL beloved we're sick of Aaron Rodgers and I'm going to say we in this moment because I'm a Packers fan me and every other Packers fan I've ever talked to is sick of Aaron Rodgers and all of his antics Jordan Love better just have his face in the playbook ready to get out there and play some good football 
You don't messed up, A.A. Ron. That scene in Bull Durham when they're on the bus and he's telling him, he's practice your, your interview quotes. He's like, your cliches. God willing, go out there, play one game at a time. God willing, hope the team wins. You know, yeah. it's just like, it's like, that's boring. He's like, that's the point. It's yeah. supposed to be boring. Yep. It's simple. You know, we got a good group of guys out here. They just go out here and they work their tails off. You know, we're going we're to have 53 of the best, the best athletes in the world right here in this Green Bay Packers organization. And, I mean, he's already got it ahead of Rodgers and that he knows the names of his teammates. Nah. And, you know, I love could, that. Could pick him out of a lineup. <laughs> and he's... And he's showing up to off-season workouts. Exactly. So he's going to be better than Aaron Rodgers. Turning a new leaf because he practices. It's a it's a kinder, gentler Packers quarterback. I like speaking of kind and gentle. Uh, Packers front office is being kind and gentle to Jordan Love. I mean, I don't have a direct quote here. Of course, this is some insider saying it, but the Packers front office are pe- are preaching air quotes patience for Jordan Love. Uh, air quotes. He's not going to be able to step out on the field and immediately light this up. It's going to take some time. In other words, development. See, and you don't like this, but I've lived my life by this philosophy for years of setting the bar low and then exceeding expectations. Sure. I'm all about that. Instead of instead of all the hype, just, uh, yeah, I don't know. The, the less you think you act like you know what you're doing and then any little thing is a surprise, it's uh, it's easier than... than Acting like you know everything and people just waiting to bring you down. Probably cruising around listening right now, uh, working, but shout out to friend of the show, friend in real life, Falcon. You know who you are. He always says, under promise, overperform. Ooh, exactly. Yeah. There you go. I think so, we took the same class at New Mexico State. So <laughs> it could be right. So I, I like it. You're tempering expectations. You're getting your fan base to like not be a homer like me and be like, okay, Hall of Fame quarterback. Obviously, Jordan Love, 16 great years in green and yellow, won Super Bowl. Uh, They're going to be like, okay, well, he might start off slow, so let's temper our expectations. Maybe he'll be good by the end of the year. Maybe we'll sneak into the playoffs. I think that's a coward's way out, but at least it's the smart play. Oh, yeah, for sure. When we get back, speaking of pissed off dudes, Jake Cassio, young Jakey boy, is going to call in and talk about his Knicks, who are on the way out. Don't miss this one when we get back. Two men on, 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. Check me out, you know what I'm about. Taking babes down, never take them out, but to the bedroom, to the couch. And then out my house, never hit or leave a bitter. Like a kid. Two hours in the books, one hour to go. About to be joined by young Jakey boy, Nick super fan. These poor Knicks, they just look outmatched. The Heat don't even, like, they don't literally don't have to try hard to win this thing. By the way, you're listening to Two Men On, 95.9 FM, AM 610, Esports Animal. We're live from the John Lopez Real Estate, Colwell Banker Legacy Studio. We play on Team I-9. We start our days at the YMCA. Lunch with the boys, that goes down at 66 Diner. And the weekends, that's for Teller Vodka, New Mexico's Vodka. Every United away match, the party goes down at Hollow Spirits, First Street, just a shade north of Mountain. Uh, We're going to be there three times this month, so that's going to be a good one all season long. The boys will be hosting the away watch parties. Don't miss it. Thursdays, that's a throw-in Thursday 
at ABQX, $7.50 off per person per hour. They'll teach you how to throw an axe. They'll make sure you got the hang of it, and then you just have some fun. Sip a little Red Door beer, throw some axes, have some good food. They uh, have a special spice rub unique to ABQX called the Hatchet Wings. They're, uh, they might be in direct competition with Howie's Wings. I don't know. What do you think, Luke? Often imitated, never duplicated. <laughs> they're, they're a close second. They're inimitable. <laughs> but they're a close second. They're good friends of ours over at the X Room, so we, we've uh, we've had some some wing discussions and, and things. So wing secrets. Yes, uh, Dodo and Ange. They're they're regulars at, at uh, Howie's. Yeah, Dodo actually used to work at Howie's years and years ago. That's and, so cool. And, I mean, it's all family there. She's definitely part of the Howie's family and always will be. I mean, that is like the family tree, right? At Howie's, like you you are a family there. Oh, most definitely. A dysfunctional one, but but a family nonetheless. <laughs> and to be quite honest, during the break, Luke and I talking about like you guys have just been rocking. Oh, it's Howie's. been it's been a whole whole new world the last couple of years since going from not sure we were going to survive the shutdown to uh, now doing better business than we've ever done and getting to meet a whole bunch of new friends and calling them regulars and uh, the family has grown exponentially. I mean, last time I was there, when I was joining the boys, it was uh, the vibe was great in there. Oh yeah, I was rocking. A lot of fun. Yeah, you know, Howie's has like a special place in my heart. It's it's always been one of my favorites here in Albuquerque, if not my you know exact single solitary favorite. Everybody there is just so damn nice. They got great service, great people. Like the people you attract there, like not only you know the employees and the regulars, but. Mm-hmm. It attracts a certain special kind of person out there up in the heights, and, and we're lucky to be partnered with you guys. Like We do Monday night football watch parties, and we'll do like some seasonal parties. Like Anything that goes down that, that we can be at Howie Sports Page, the boys are there. Oh, yeah, it's been a match made in heaven with you guys, and uh, you know you guys have been coming to the, the bar long before got all this going, so we were just glad to, to – be able to get you guys in and join this season and be a part of that and look forward to continuing that partnership in the future. Uh, why don't we take like a super quick break? We're having some tech diffs here. Uh, let's get our next guest on. We'll be right back as soon as possible. Going to talk some NBA playoffs when we get back. Two men on 95.9 FM AM 610, the sports animal. Welcome back to Two Men On. Sorry for the tech diffs out there, friends of the show, but we are back and uh, lucky for you, we got a double segment here. We get to skip out on commercial. You you take one for the team now, and then we're going to double up on you later. Wait, what? Nick's Homer, frequent contributor to Two Men On. I wish you would step back from that ledge, my friend. Jake Cassio joins us. How you doing, friend? Uh, you know, we should be playing taps right now, man. <laughs> you know, it's, it is a sad, sad day to be a Knicks fan. Uh you know, we had a good little run there. And, you know, there's a part of me, I, I have a mix of, of emotions right now from we're going to win the whole thing still. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to make the greatest comeback ever. And then there's the realistic side of me that's a Knicks fan. And it's just a sad, sad day to be a New Yorker. Down 3-1, but we're going back to the Garden. And the people of New York are going to bring the energy. We're going to have one more celebration at the very least on 7th Avenue because that's what we do after every playoff win. I mean, that's that was the vibe after their first win is you took the red eye 
all the way back to New York just so you could party on 7th Avenue with the rest of Knickerbocker Nation. Uh, so you think you're going to get one more party out of this before the Heat send you home packing? I already bought my champagne bottle, Van. <laughs> you're supposed to pop the champagne after a championship, not a win that doesn't even even out the series. I mean, just the fact that the Knicks made the playoffs, that's my championship right there. Okay, now see, this is what I'm talking about here. Isn't, shouldn't this be the attitude of Knickerbocker Nation that you guys are finally relevant? You had a winning record. You won a playoff series. Like, the Knicks are back. They're not championship contenders, but they're back, baby. Aren't you excited? Aren't you on cloud nine? You know, I have some uh, skepticism because of Julius Randle. I, uh, you know, having a regular season all-star is amazing. But we need a playoff hero. And just we're seeing the same thing we saw in 2021. And, you know, I think the conversation that we need to start having is Tom Thibodeau and Julius Randle maybe being on the outs. Oh, but Julius... and, you know, free up a little cap space and create an inviting and enticing environment for other superstars such as Jalen Brown or maybe uh, do a little trade Ruski with uh, old Milwaukee and uh, see if we can't have a little bit of Giannis. See, I, we were talking about this last time that there's some trouble in paradise in Milwaukee. A uh, little booty boy, the recently fired coach of the Bucks, like that's Giannis's dude. Like, what other Budenholzer, place? Would... Holzer could come to the Knicks. We get rid of Thibodeau because Thibodeau just makes everybody tired and gassed. I mean, every single person that's, I mean, after like the eight minutes into the first quarter yesterday, half the roster looked exhausted. Yeah, I mean that's Thibodeau's thing, right? You you run gassers, you run chalkers. Mm-hmm. All practice, you do it before the game, you do it after the game. And even though, like, you're a professional athlete taking care of yourself better than 99.9% of the world, Thibodeau still makes you run chalk routes like a friggin' middle school basketball player. And there's a reason why Tom Thibodeau doesn't have a championship. Because they can't last throughout the playoffs because they're too tired? Oh, they're exhausted. They can, they can barely run. They can't keep up. They're, you know, and... I mean, we have a good team, but they're exhausted. I mean, the regular season towards the end there, I mean, those guys were still playing like 40 minutes a game. We just peaked at the wrong time, if I'm being real. Uh, Yeah, the first round of the playoffs is peaking. No, before then, (laughs) during April and May, man, oh, my God, if you bet New York Knicks basketball, man, you would be, and you just rolled your units, you'd be so rich. So uh, this is like almost... Uh, heresy here, here right now. It's like apostasy now. You saying you want to get rid of your best player in my oh, eyes. Let's keep the, him. Let's keep him. But I, I don't know, man. I got to see something from him these next couple of games, man. Because he, he goes he goes MIA during uh, the Julius uh, the playoffs. You know, put him on a milk carton. Where's Julius? <laughs> I ju- mean, he was eight for thirteen yesterday and had twenty points, and that's not a terrible game. But you know, Brunson had thirty two. But we need a hero. And Julius Randle sometimes just isn't that guy. I mean, he's efficient, and I love Julius. He's an all-star. I have his jersey. But we got to do something about it. But we're going to come back. We're going to win game five. Okay, I got you game five, but how do you keep it going against the, the Miami Heat and everyone's father, Jimmy Butler, who looks like the dude of all dudes in the playoffs? The Knicks have an amazing defense, but... 
Butler is still shooting 56% from the field. Our defense, though, has fallen a little bit compared to the regular season. Um, because we're tired, we're exhausted, you know, and like when we were whooping on Cleveland, you know, we didn't pull Julius or anybody out of the game, you know, we let him, he, Tom Thibodeau said, let him run. That, you know, he does a nine-man rotation, and then our bench is full of a lot of youngsters, and it's good experience for them because down the road we're going to be all right. See, to me, when I, when I watch the Knicks Heat series, it looks like, you know, Brunson, above-average basketball player, no complaints, but it seems like it's Julius Randle, and like eight guys that just try hard. Like there's no really great basketball players on this this ball club. And you know, I used to I, I went from huge RJ Barrett fan to RJ Barrett Aider to now I'm back to RJ Barrett fan because he has shown up a little bit in these playoffs and his numbers are up comparatively to the last time he he was in the playoffs. But he's just a they were a turnover machine with him. And that man Every time he goes out on the basketball court, he's eating popcorn out of the stands every time he sits on the bench. <laughs> you are, you know, honestly, back to the original conversation, like you don't seem like you're on the ledge anymore. You seem more reasonable and uh, and logical than uh, last time we talked when you, I didn't think I was going to talk to you today. Well, you know, as a, as, a, as a New Yorker, I have emotions every five seconds. <laughs> okay. And so... And so my emotions have been all over the place, to angry, to sad, to happy. And I'm going to need a lot of therapy after this season. Let's put it that way. Okay. Well, you're, you need therapy no matter what. I've known you for <laughs> a couple months now. And, yes, that is true. But also the New York Knicks fandom is making it exponentially worse. Oh, you know, it's, uh, New York sports pull out a very dark side out of me because I'm passionate. We're all passionate because we expect greatness. We always think it's our year and that we're going to get it done. Okay. Well, in, in that case, I won't bring up the Mets. Oh, God. <laughs> what a nightmare. What a nightmare. Daniel, Danny Burgers, you know, it's just the, sink is, the, the, the ship is sunken, man. The ship is sunken. When LeBron James is up 3-1, he has won all 17 playoff series, but Jimmy Butler ain't no LeBron James. How do your New York Knickerbockers storm back and win three a row against your father, Jimmy Butler? You know, I think we rely a little bit too much on Josh Hart. And it sucks to have Emmanuel quickly hurt. But we got to double team him with something else. And I think let's put Julius on him. Let's see what could happen. I mean, Julius is kind of playing, you know, yeehaw, you know, defense right now. He looks tired, man. He looks tired out there. Young Jakey boy, I know you got to get back to it, but we could hit this more on Friday live Absolutely. from Hollow Spirits. Jake Cassio, friend of the show, contributor to Two Men On. See you Friday, brother. Yes, sir. Knicks are coming back. Look out, look out, world. We're coming. <laughs> Thanks, Jake. Appreciate you. Uh, okay. I would say we'd be right back with some baseball talk, also in New York, but we already took our commercial break, so we're just going to dive right into it. Aaron Judge, American League MVP from last year, is back, and it could not be any better timed as the last place New York Yankees need some help. Uh-oh. When's the last time that you've heard I've New York Yankees in last place in the never. same sentence? <laughs> I think uh, George Costanza was still the manager for the <laughs> <laughs> last time that happened.
This uh, this now let me let me tell you these standings real quick. Let me pull up the exact win losses so I don't seem like a fool when I get this wrong. But the Yankees are in last place in the AL East with a winning record. Like the AL East is just dominating, just kicking everyone's ass. Let's look at this. Okay, Tampa Bay Rays. Everyone knows the start that they had to the season. They're still 29-7, and seven, still the best team in baseball. Well, when you're playing in front of a raucous home crowd of 3,000 a game, it's easy <laughs> to get up for the big, uh, big ones. There's, there's never any pressure in Tampa. <laughs> yeah. Just playing as calm and easy as one person could possibly be. And then in second place, we got the young upstart Baltimore Orioles who are surging beginning of this year at 22-13. and 13. Uh, that's a great start, Baltimore fans. Definitely, that's been a great surprise for them. Third place, junior everybody, the Toronto Blue Jays, with the son of every former baseball player playing for your team. They're seven games above five hundred. The Red Sox, who I thought would be in the basement, they're six games over five hundred. And then the New York Yankees, who are in last place, are still two games over 500 with a winning record. So while Aaron Judge's return is well-timed, it's well-needed for uh, the evil empire, the Yankees would be and have the same amount of wins as the Minnesota Twins, first place in the AL Central. They would be two and a half games back of the 21-13 and 13 Texas Rangers in the AL West. They would be two games back of the Pittsburgh Pirates in the NL Central, they'd be two games back of the Dodgers in the NL West. They're only trailing Atlanta and Tampa Bay because these are the guys that came out strong this season. I know, New York Yankees fan, you want the best. You want a, you want a trophy every friggin' year. You're as spoiled as a fan base could possibly be. But you're still over 500. Pretty impressive, though. I mean, that really is. <laughs> you're over 500, and you're in last place against the best division in baseball. You know, the mark of a good season is like win 90 games, you're in the playoffs. Very rarely do 90-win teams miss the playoffs. The whole division is on a 108-win pace. Wow. That's the average. That's crazy. The whole – if you – do the wins losses for the whole AL East, extrapolate that for a whole season, and you even out all the numbers. Every single team in the division is going to win 108 games. That is unheard of for a division to be dominating baseball like that. Yeah, I had a guy break it down for me one time. He said, you know, in baseball, every team's going to win at least 60 games, and they're going to lose at least 60 games. It's what they do in those other 60 games. Right. You can, you can almost mark down 60 and 60 right off the bat, and what they do in those other 60 games throughout the season de- determines... You know who's going to win and who's going to do what, but with everybody winning 108 games, that's we're in for a wild second half of the season here. I mean, and you got Aaron Judge. You saw what he did last year, set the record. AL home run record. Like if he's healthy, he could do it better than anyone in baseball. But still, Yankees fan is sitting back here crying. The Yankees suck. They're in last place. <laughs> Throwing the towel, you losers. No. You got a winning record. You're doing fine. 
you're on pace to make the friggin' playoffs, unfortunately. And the thing is, like, I mean, they're injury-ridden. We get that. But not only that, they haven't hit their stride yet. I mean, for, for all these teams to be that close, have these these incredible records at this point, Yankees aren't far off at all. Yeah, I mean, does Baltimore sustain that throughout the season with guys that have never been in the thick of it in, the, in a playoff race? Does does Do the juniors show their age in, in uh, Toronto and, and kind of fall back at some point? Yeah, I mean, the Rays were my World Series pick. I think they're legit talk to bottom, and they're only going to get better throughout the season. I think Baltimore is too young. Toronto doesn't have the pitching. Boston is a couple superstars away from making it happen in the playoffs. And here are the Yankees in last place who are in just fine shape. The Yankees would be in serious danger if they didn't have Garrett Cole, though. Out of their 19 wins, eight of them belong to Garrett Cole. That's a friggin' dude. Yeah, that's kind of just get on my back and I'll take you guys. I don't know what's going on in Pittsburgh, but these young nobodies, they're putting in some absolute work in Pittsburgh. And I know you guys are sitting around here like, what? (laughs) They're doing it without their superstar shortstop, O'Neal Cruz, too. Well, and that's just, you know, it's good to see these low payroll teams. But, I mean, you know, I've always said that that there should be a, a... a salary basement. Sure, salary floor. Salary floor. You 100%. have to spend at least a certain amount to put out a competitive product. There should not be the disparity between the highest paid teams and the lowest paid teams that there is. But that being said, it is nice to see those those uh, low, low salary teams finding ways to win and got guys that are just out there and, and gelling as a unit and making it happen. I mean, you're looking at it right now. Tampa Bay, who, you know, baseball fan knows that they've been good for a long time. they got a great franchise, a great organization. They do so much with so little. Small market. Baltimore, small market. Uh, Minnesota, small market. In the West, I mean, Texas, L.A., Houston, I mean, they're all big markets, whatever. But you still got Seattle doing things, small market. Pittsburgh, small market. Milwaukee, small market. Arizona, Five games over 500, small market. You love to see this stuff. And to piggyback on your point slash steal your point, I think there should be a ratio for professional baseball that you have to spend X amount of your TV contract and you have to spend X amount of revenue sharing that goes to your salary the next year. 100%. And you 100% have to spend it. If you If you put on a great show, and you want to keep all your hot dog and your beer profits and your ticket sale profits, I think that should be on you. But the money MLB gives you just for existing, yeah, you should have to spend it. No, definitely. This should, yeah, that's the whole thing. With the TV revenue and the, and the profit sharing, that part has to be, it's just better for the game overall if, if there's more competitive products out on the field. Investments. Yeah. That's what it is. You have to put it back. Mm-hmm. And, and then again, maybe you don't, because let's see what the Pirates do this year with with the lowest. You know, a rising tide raises all ships. Yeah. I mean, think about, I mean, these. With the Pirates? Were you trying to do a pun there or something, or what? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> they have found sunken treasure, arr. <laughs> I was a good one, Luke. I, I dig it. Yeah. <laughs> Luke Mark with uh, Howie Sports Page. Join us. Andrew. Uh, Andrew, good Lord. Andres Trujillo. What are you, my grandmother? Yeah. <laughs> trying to, uh, <laughs> trying ang- to white him up. Yeah. Ang- <laughs> anglicize Andres over here. Andres Trujillo, owner-operator <laughs> of New Mexico Runners and executive director of the New Mexico Games, joining us. When we get back, the I-9 Varsity. 
The varsity of BS degrees. This is going to be a fun one. You're listening to Two Men On, 95.9 FM, AM 610, The Sports Animal. I-9 Varsity coming up right now. You're listening to Two Men On, 95.9 FM, AM 610, The Sports Animal. Check out League Office 280, I-9 Sports, League Office 280. All the information you want is i9sports.com, League Office 280. You can send them an email, leagueoffice280 at i9sports.com, or get primal with it. Call them at the office, 505-312-4999. Join on the program with... Howie Sports Pages, Luke Markwith, and New Mexico Games, Andres Trujillo, Tyler Lovely on the other side of the glass on the ones and twos. Today's I-9 Varsity, in honor of Ray Allen and Justin Fields, is the Varsity of BS Degrees. Uh, Ray Allen and Justin Fields went back to school 23 years apart as Ray Allen is 47 did it after he retired and from his Hall of Fame multi-championship career. And then Justin Fields did it in the offseason. So in honor of these college graduates, uh, Justin Fields has a real degree. So kudos to him. A lot of athletes, we know how that is. Uh, University studies, uh, exercise science, you know, you finish your degree. So that's great whatsoever. Congratulations, college uh, young student athletes! Uh, if you don't, if you're not familiar with the I nine varsity, what we do is like I just told you with the BS degrees, we just pluck out of thin air from some conversation throughout the program. We assign a topic, and the I nine varsity is it's our best of, it's our Rushmore, it's our top five alive, it's our totem pole, and it's whatever each person on the show would like to make it. So today. The I-9 Varsity of BS Degrees. Anybody want to kick it off? Culinary Arts. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> Coming in hot, if Andres. If you cook, why do you need a degree? <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's a decent point. I don't know. This guy has clearly never made a roux. Ah, exactly. And not like Rue McClanahan, like R-O-U-X. hey <laughs> Okay, I get that. If you don't want to go, if you don't want to be like a, a three-star Michelin, Michelin chef, chef yeah. then why do you need to go get a degree to to flip a burger? That's true. Well, most it's, people like start in. They jump in, right? Like they, they <laughs> want to cook, they get into the kitchen, and then they learn on the spot at working at a restaurant. All right. First on the I-9 varsity of Andres is culinary. I don't know. You wanted, you wanted me to throw something out there. I threw something out there. No, you're coming in hot. I love it. Luke, you got one? I'm going to go with the honorary degree. Ah. You know, Kermit the Frog has an honorary degree in amphibious letters from Long Island University. So basically, it's, you know, you write a check, you get a degree. I would, I mean, kind of like the University of Phoenix, but, you know, sure. this one's honorary. Kermit the Frog here. Almost every, oh, that's strong work. Almost every, like, actor, musician, athlete. When they're in the twilight of the career, they get an honorary degree somewhere, right? They, they cut a check to the university, and they get an honorary and degree. And they get the library named after them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they get a commencement speech and a fake degree. The honorary degree. Tyler? So my first worst in terms of degrees is going to be the one that I am studying for, and that's going to be art history. Oh, my. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, okay. you are, are you actually going to pay for that? I'm almost there, and I have <laughs> no idea what I'm going to do with it. Ah, no, naturally, just like everyone else with the art history degree. End up working in the museum like Ghostbusters with the painting of Vigo. Or... <laughs> yeah. That'd be a great gig, actually. Are you the gatekeeper? <laughs> are you the key master? <laughs> or key master, there you go. <laughs> I'm going to just apply a Howie's. You got it, man. We got a spot for you. Let's go. <laughs> Good start. Good start. Uh, first on my I-9 varsity of BS degrees, and I think this is mostly contained into United States college degrees, but uh, peace studies. Peace? Peace studies. Peace and conflict studies. It is a real degree at hundreds of colleges where you can study the act of being peaceful, the act of analyzing violent and nonviolent behaviors as well as the structures and mechanisms attending conflicts with a view towards understanding these processes. Huh. First off, United States of America has no business teaching peace studies. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you can, you can study peace studies in the United States of America as long as you don't study history at all. Because we're not a peaceful bunch historically. I don't think anybody is. The summer of 69, maybe. Woodstock. But, uh, yes, thank you. <laughs> but outside, I don't know. I'm born in '86, and I know I'm Woodstock. All right. <laughs> outside of a couple years with the beatniks and the hippies, we're not a very peaceful people altogether. Andres, you got another one? Yes, Klingon for all you Trekkies. Okay. Some school, some universities actually can major in Klingon. I mean, they they don't made up fictional language from Star Trek. Could you imagine having like $35,000 worth of student loan debt because you can speak <laughs> Yes. Yes. Same thing for Live art history. Live long and prosper, man. <laughs> well, that goes right into my next one. At the University of Houston, they offer a Master of Science in Foresight, the study of predicting what will happen or be needed in the future. In and I don't think you need that degree to realize you're going to have a hard time paying off those student loans. Didn't that fall in line with kind of like statistics? I mean, statistics just kind of has yeah. those probabilities, right? Yeah, just foresight. Foresight. Oh. Tyler, what you got hitting second? Poli sci. Okay. I, uh, I'm kind of into that one. I feel like I'm not offending anybody by saying that that's one of the worst degrees because if you have a poli-sci degree, then that means that you went to school with a bunch of poli-sci majors, which means that you also think that poli-sci is one of the worst degrees. Like, you went to school <laughs> with those kids. Like, that's it. Or, or look what most people have done with a poli-sci degree. Precisely. Yeah. They have wrecked the future of this country and world. Making it work. Who knew you needed a degree for that? Most of the harm Everyone's done. Everyone's already arguing and debating anyway. Yeah, yeah. Why do you need a degree? <laughs> you don't need a yeah. You don't need a, a degree to be a jerk on the internet. <laughs> Super easy. Yeah, most of the harm done to this country and the world, people hold political science degrees. Just a keyboard. <laughs> That's all you need. You can be a warrior, a keyboard warrior. Much uh, next on my I nine varsity of BS degrees, I'm going to go with uh, something that. Technically, doesn't matter at all whatsoever. It's just personal taste. Interior design. Hmm. I think this might be worse than Tyler's art history degree. That's, or yeah, you interior know, design. I mean, really. So you go in, you get your degree, and study how an interior has it becomes aesthetically pleasing. Mm -hmm. I mean, it really, it's just an, an eye for aesthetics i can't go out tonight i gotta study for my big feng shui exam in the <laughs> yeah exactly 
Well, yeah, I finally, I finally aced the first chapter. Throw away my blacklight posters. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I studied living rooms at Rutgers. <laughs> you study colors: eggshell white or pasty white. I don't know. What co- is there a difference? He got he got his PhD in in eggshell whites. <laughs> he was like, hey, I need to I need to email Andres real quick. I don't know which eggshell to put on this wall. Good lord! Interior design next on my i nine varsity. Andres, you got another one? Uh, horticulturalism. I mean, I okay. Know, I think I think plants and all that stuff that you you know most people just get their hands into the dirt and figure that out. But I I, I mean I mean maybe there is some practicality somewhere, but I don't see it as a mainstream type of job like potential. Okay, well, a lot of... And then they pay you not to grow things. Yeah, exactly. There you go. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of weed millionaires in New Mexico and Colorado might disagree, but also those guys, I doubt they went to college for that. I doubt they went to college for that. (laughs) They went out there, they went snipping. They went snipping and learning from others. They they were in the fields working. Luke, what you got up next? All right, I'm throwing this one back to, to the late 90s and to our good friend Mason P. Diddy, the Ph.D. player hating degree. Oh, great answer. <laughs> Pull it out. Great answer. Wow. <laughs> that is very strong work, my friend. Just sample any 80s song in the background, and there you go, and, and add the Ph.D. player hating degree. What was? I wonder what the final looked like, the final test. What, what did that look like? You know, even, like, he's such a ripoff. <laughs> Even Biggie was stolen from another rapper. Did you, did you know this? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the notorious B1. Wow. He was, like, from Carolina or something. And Puff Daddy gave him some hush money they, and they, stole the song Juicy from him. Sampled his name and sampled his work. Oh yeah. Gosh. Took his name, took his shape, took his personality, and took his biggest song. But R.I.P. Biggie. Yeah, still R.I.P. Yeah, you're still a legend, brother. You know. Even though... Puffy exploited you for everything and God, got you murdered. He, he was the Don King of uh, hip-hop. Nowadays, Puffy, everybody doing the work, him making all the money. Well, I don't know. Mike Tyson's still alive. Well, that is true. <laughs> Tyler, you got another one? I do broadcasting journalism. <laughs> oh, there we go. All right, I'm living proof of that. Hey, don't we all have one of those? Yeah. <laughs> now, you, you, you now I was going to say, the question is, though, so you mentioned broadcasting journalism. Does it make more sense because there are schools that are specific for broadcasting journalism, you know, versus like a university type of degree with broadcasting journalism? Is there a difference? I mean, yo, get your certificate of completion. That's the move. Right? Okay. Okay. Sure. I mean, you could just do like an online class to teach you how to push buttons. Button pusher. Yeah. I mean, I'm still paying off an incomplete degree, and some of those classes were in broadcast journalism. So this, uh, being on with you guys, kind of justifies all that to me, you know? <laughs> okay. I, I didn't realize how hard that hit. <laughs> 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 okay, next on my I-9 varsity of BS degrees is degree deodorant. Wait, what? Yeah. No. It stuff does not work. It is hot no. garbage. If you're going to use... You're right. About if you're going to use some garbage, like two for one Walgreens deodorant, just step it all the way up and do X. If you're going to smell like some douche flower, just step it all the way up and just do X. Degree deodorant is garbage. Irish Spring, baby. See, Irish Spring. There you go. You're getting it old school there. If you're going to do... Go back to the Lever 2000 for... Whoa! Whoa. 2000 body parts. Oh, my goodness. 
<laughs> Lever 2000. I remember that when I was a youngin. That was also my hip-hop name, so, you know. Nice. You know. You Andre's cousin? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Andre oh. 3000 and Lever Dose. Lever 2000, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Heck of a program so far. Luke Markwith joining us. Andres Chihio joining us. Tyler Lovely on the other side of the glass. Having a lot of fun with it. Shout out to Rob Portnoy for joining us, calling in, talking about his Lakers. Shout out to Jake Cassio calling in, talking about his New York Knickerbockers. Jake will be joining us at Hollow Spirits this Friday. Going to be a banger of a program. Thursday, it goes down at Red Door downtown with the mayor of downtown, Chris Burnett. Going to have a lot of fun there. Uh, I can't wait to go to Red Door and see Tyler's cot in the back. That's right. This is second and or first home. When we get back, voice of your isotopes, Josh Sushan, joins us to play out the rest of the program. You're listening to Two Men On, 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. Welcome back to the program, Duke City. One more segment. What a program. It's been a fun day. This is my first official time in the studio. Yeah. We've done it from from either Howie's or the one time at Isotopes Park, but it feels a little more official in the studio. Luke, wherever we go, you're always welcome. You're an absolute dude. We love Howie so much, and just don't do it too often because I kind of like my job. I don't want you taking my job. Oh, I work enough as it is, so it's a nice little getaway now and then, but you're safe. Another guy who's completely safe in his line of work, voice of the isotopes, Josh Sushan. What's happening, my guy? Oh, man, just in this tranquil desert community of Las Vegas, you know, it's just very calm and relaxing. Not a lot goes on around here. So it should just be a really mild, chill week. Uh, Josh, very important question. Did they accidentally send you to Las Vegas, New Mexico? <laughs> Beautiful and historic. <laughs> no, honestly, um, so now that we're out in Summerlin, right? Like the old ballpark was basically downtown. We stayed at the Nugget. And that, that was that was an intense, you know, four to six days. Sure. When, when we were just staying downtown at Fremont Street Experience and the old ballpark. Now that we're out here in Summerlin, excuse me, the master-planned community of Summerlin, it actually is tranquil and relaxing. You know, like if you want to gamble, you can do that. If you want to go to the Strip, you can do that. But it actually does feel just very relaxing. And yet you still have a whole lot of nice things. And, you know, this ballpark's great. You know, the hotel across the street is fabulous. And, um, you know, let's see if the isotopes can get some victories with all of this niceness going on around them. So, okay, I want to be a fly on the wall when Pilo sits down with the boys and be like, okay, we're in Vegas. It's an 805 start. We got five 805 games in a row. That kind of lets you stay up late and sleep in. What does Pilo say to the boys like, hey, don't get in trouble. Come back at a reasonable hour. We got some baseball to play tomorrow. So Pedro used to manage Las Vegas when it was the old ballpark downtown, right? Right. And I actually asked him about this today. And he said, you know, after a month into the season, he goes, you know, like at first you're like, oh, I'm in Vegas. And then a month into the season, you know, the guys are just like, okay, yeah, we can go out. But that, that's, that's, that's enough, right? 
Um, and he felt that it was actually a really good home field advantage because the visiting team comes yeah. in and they're like, oh, hey, you know, we got um, – what I, especially now that we are here in Summerlin, this becomes the wife's trip and the girlfriend's trip, you know. So usually you're not out until 5 a.m., you know, if, if you know when, when your special lady's with you. So um, I, I don't think that Pedro has to say anything to the guys. You know, I, I think that, look, you're so close to the big leagues. You're so close to being set financially for life that if you decide to do something dumb mm. during a week here, then, then, you, then you're dumb. You know, then you're just really dumb. I mean, same thing for the voice of the isotopes. How do you how do you chill? How do you maintain yourself? Because I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> right? And, and if I want Las Vegas is always here. I can go to Las Vegas in the off season and have a very good time. Um, I like going to the pool and just relaxing and doing some reading and going they have a great hotel gym and I like that there's a bunch of places to eat. You know, like I'm old. I I can't go out late and do my job, and I don't want to try. So it's it's fine. It's easy. I love coming here. Right. So I would be in big trouble. You know me. <laughs> you know Fred. You know how we do. Like I would say, two or three days, I would be like putting my life in the Lord's hands over and over again. But after that, I'd get out of my system, and I'd be very serious. After that, is there like a moment historically when you traveled like on the clock, not like a young partying college kid or whatever but you're on the clock and it's your first or second time whatever in vegas and you went too hard you like to learn your lesson the hard way by the in all honesty by the time that i got this job i was 40 and i already already learned like i can't go out late and turn around and do this you know when i was a guy in his 20s and was a newspaper reporter didn't have to talk for a living i just had to type for a living and ask questions and it was a different story but w- once I got into this, I realized like I can't function solo if I'm if I'm tired and struggling from what I did the night before. And you know, in all honesty, like I come to both Las Vegas and Reno so often with the isotopes and before when I did the Lady Lobos and conference tournaments that it's almost like it's not even like a big deal for me to go to some place where there's where there's a casino downstairs because I I think there was one year I counted and I spent something like forty to fifty nights in a casino hotel working. And so it only it just becomes it's it's just like um, ambient noise, you know, here and like, you know, all the ding 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 ding, you know, as, oh, as you walk sure. around. And so like it doesn't even like cross my mind to like sit down and play. I can't remember the last time I sat down and, and played at the table. So it's probably been a decade since the last time I sat down and played. At the table. I know I'm really boring. I'm really old. I'm really boring. But I like my job and I don't want to mess it up either. I mean, you yeah, exactly. You could say responsible, forward yeah. thinking. Uh, i.e. an adult. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't be passed out at the mic like Bob Euchre in, in Major League with uh, Monty and his dynamite drop-ins there. Yeah, that stuff doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, I, you know, I always like, I'm a forward-thinking guy, Josh. I like to look forward. But let's look back to last Friday, Cinco de Mayo, an absolute banger up at Rio Grande Credit Union Field at Isotopes Park, a.k.a. The Lab. What is it, sixth biggest turnout in Isotopes history? Correct. Yeah, just a little bit under 16,000. Woo! Yeah, you guys felt it on the concourse, right, with just the energy and just how long it took to kind of move around and everything. Um, Yeah, it was pretty special to have Al Hurricane perform before the game. I didn't even realize this. I probably should have known it, that for the post-game fireworks show, he played live with his band on the field. It was cool. We had this huge spotlight that was on them by second base. So, like, coolest post-game fireworks show ever with Al Hurricane Jr. performing live 
Like the whole night was was just really special. It was it was New Mexico coming together and celebrating itself and its culture and baseball and man, it was fun. Who's on the pregame show tonight, Josh? Pedro Lopez, our usual Tuesday visit. Now we have brought now the lineup's already been producing quite a bit, right? Right. Like, but the Isotopes lead all of AAA baseball in runs, hits, slugging percentage, tied for first in home runs. Now you get Brian Servin added to the lineup and what he can do to control the running game. And then now we got Jonathan Daza as well. Now Daza's not in the lineup today, but he will be soon. You had Jonathan Daza and Brian Servin are what's already the best lineup in AAA. Let's go. So, so these guys, are they down here just getting more reps where they could be everyday players? This is a injury. What, what are the boys doing down well, here? Well, I mean, so Daza got designated for assignment, right? It was uh-huh. the ultimate, like, we believe in Brenton Doyle, and we believe that Brenton Doyle can be our center fielder for the future. I was surprised that, that Daza cleared waivers, that he didn't end up with another organization. He accepted his outright back to AAA. And so, you know, for him, it's to try to get back to being, you know, the Jonathan Daza from a few years ago. And in the case of Servin, the Rockies... They, they claimed another catcher. His name is Austin Wins off waivers, and they brought him straight to the major leagues. Now, Elias Diaz, he's probably going to be an all-star. I mean, he's the best-hitting catcher in the National League. Servin was just not playing. You know, Servin, we're a month into the season. Servin only played 10 games. So he gets a chance to play on an everyday basis and so that he's ready to go the next time he's needed in the big leagues. So, so stoked for a great road trip, bringing it back here. When the Isotopes get back, we got two straight weeks of home baseball. Uh, I'm going to be glad to have you back. Miss you already, buddy. All right. Thanks for uh, having me on. And, uh, yeah, we'll do it again all week long. Talk I to you soon. I promise I'll be a good boy. Talk to you soon, my friend. All right. Later. Hell of a program today. Thank you, Rob Portnoy, talking about his Lakers. Thank you, Jake Cassio, talking about his Knicks. Thank you, Luke Markwith, for joining us. Of course. Thank you, as always. Always a good time. Thanks to Andres Trujillo of New Mexico Runners and the New Mexico Games. Had a great program Uh, Tomorrow we'll be back in studio. Thursday, Red Door Downtown. Friday, Hollow Spirits. And then don't miss any of the Hollow Spirits, New Mexico United, away watch parties. Adios.